Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your boy, Benjamin Banks. Welcome to another episode of Leveling Up. I'm here with my boy, Trav. Trav, how you doing today? Hey, what's up, everybody? <laughs> did, I, did, I, did, I, did I do it right? Yo, bro, it was perfect. Did I do what's it right? Hey, everybody, what's going on? It's Trav. <laughs> Yo, but for real though, what's up guys? You know what it is, it's me, your boy, Benjamin Banks, and I have my co-host, yours truly. Trev. It was good, man. Chilling, man. Hey, you did pretty good, right, man. Thank you. I tried to do you, but my voice is too deep. Nah, so. you, you nailed it. I nailed it? You nailed it. Was it a perfect it 10? It was perfect 10. Okay, cool, cool. Ty cool. your style. How are you doing today, man? Chilling, man. What's it called? I know I'm exhausting. We just spent too much time watching the office yeah like you caught up yeah like what the world i'm almost done with season three now yeah. it's crazy man it's it's crazy that i waited this long to watch this series but you well, know at I'm least the, like from front to back yeah yeah i've seen like bits in and, order i've seen bits and pieces of it but you know that's just the type of person i am it's like sometimes <laughs> i don't watch it's the kind of guy i, I don't am. watch hip stuff when it's hip and yeah. it's cool to you know binge watch it like that's what i did with my hero academia like the anime came out in 2015 and when i and when we both finally started watching it it was was it was it was last it was last year we both started watching it but because i have you were already on season two by the time i finally was like but i didn't start watching it till like it came on cartoon network remember i was dvrn yeah dragon ball and i was like heavy on yo if you're not gonna watch it DVR it. So they you guys the want anime on they the air? The Y'all need to support it. And I guess there was enough support because they they cut that blocked in it there. Yeah, so. uh, but hey, look, if you got Hulu, man, you can watch anytime. My Hero up there anytime and get caught up. And it's one of my favorite animes now, and I preach about it all the time now. Definitely inspirational and motivational. And you know, if you need something in your life that's gonna help motivate you then definitely my hair academia, my hair academia is, is the way to go yeah look man what's people good keep talking about how shirts off banks nah oh what that, i mean they talk about that too i know but i know but we need to talk more wrestling on this podcast apparently yeah man because you know some people be saying hey, I hey man where the wrestling where the wrestling you got a wrestler up there why ain't you talking about wrestling yeah, i guess that's on us but we should have we should have been talking about wrestling and what a better time than this week to talk about this Uh-oh. past elimination chamber yes yes your yes. boy kofi say what sos finally getting his just due yes man what you think bro that elimination chamber match was so awesome man it's like i can't tell you the last time that i mean like i love the elimination chamber right. matches like and all of the WWE video games, like that's one of my favorite matches to play. But they're okay. It's, it's been. I o- think they're oversaturated now. I don't like it being a pay per view because now it's it's the c- cool thing about when you announce a Hell in a Cell and Elimination Chambers that you announce this match happening. When you got a pay per view coming up, I know the match is happening, so it takes the steam away from. I get what you're saying. You you liked it when it was the special attraction, yeah. like like a lot of fans. Yeah, I understand what you're saying, man. But it's like me, man. It's like I love it all. No, you know? I'm with you. It's like I this mean, this was the best one in a long time. I was on the edge of this my seat, man. Because three, bro. As soon as me. as soon as Kofi came into the ring, man, you I was knew. just like, bro, I want Kofi to win this. Everybody in my house watching that night wanted Kofi to win and like we were all on the edge of our seats now there was a mishap when we were watching the pay-per-view at my house because we were watching it on the Xbox One and the controller I had it I had it sit on top of my knee Mm. right 
and it slipped off of my mm. knee and hit the floor. That's what happens when you got and it hit and, and it hit it hit the uh, fast forward button. Now we weren't live, you, but you were like a couple minutes behind. We were a couple minutes behind, and it, the controller fell. The fast forward button was hit. You saw what everybody happened. was like, "No, like what happened?" But hey, other than that. Everybody had a good time, man. It's like overall, I enjoyed the pay per view, man. Like, what were some of your favorite matches from the Elimination Chamber pay per view? My favorite—I'll just say one. My favorite match besides the Elimination Chamber was the USO and Bro. Miz and Shane caught me totally off guard. Didn't expect the USOs to walk away with the victory, and it's not because I don't like the USOs because I love. Those you want to go to the penitentiary, but I I do not want to go to the Why not? Uso penitentiary. Why not? When you go to the Uso penitentiary, that they gonna beat you up. I don't want the Usos coming but you, over you here. You know your boy Frog Splash. But you know your boy, boy the Booty you know, Warriors. The Booty War man. Yeah, I like you. I want there. you. Uh, but bro, what, but another cool thing about that match that you just said, um, there was an announcement made by Ms. Maurice. They're having another child. Yeah. You know that's pretty awesome. This is number Congratulations two. Congratulations to, to Miz and Miz Maurice. Is finally getting his just due too. I've always loved the Miz, bro. I haven't since, always loved since the, Miz. the real world, bro. I've I been following him men, since the real world, but man. you know his first couple years wrestling, he he definitely busted his ass and earned my respect. That's what it's all about, man. man. That's what just it's all think, about. You hear the stories about like JBL making him change in the hallway like you're not allowed in our locker he room, always man. brings that up whenever he's interviewed man always talking about his early days in wrestling i mean as a professional wrestler like man it's like i've key. seen it bro but i'm saying he I've, earned his I've, key. I've seen it man it's like it's it's all about paying your dues man you got to pay your dues it's like everybody starts somewhere miz deserves a title run before he retires, he retires. oh bro it's like a he's re- gonna, another he's gonna like real title he's run. gonna get one man yeah, like I agree with you. I did like uh, the Usos versus the world's greatest tag team, Shane and The Miz. Uh, I did like that match. Um, another match that I really enjoyed was the women's tag team match for the tag titles. Like, it's like I had a feeling that Sasha and Bailey were there. Was no win. questions, bro. Sasha and I, I really, match. I really wanted. Uh, I'm sorry, because they because they're not Absolution anymore. I forgot what their new tag team name is, but it's uh, Sonya Deville. Oh yeah, and Mandy and Mandy, Mandy, and Mandy Rose. Rose. Hey, I Mandy Rose what, too, though. I mean, Sonya Deville, she's improved a lot, but Mandy Rose has yeah, really improved yeah. in the ring. Dude, that was a that was a good match, man. And I, again, like I said, and she had another good match against Oscar on SmackDown this past week. I see, I didn't watch. She, the, she beat her. Oh, for real. Which is weird to me. I don't understand how that makes sense, but that's a whole nother topic of discussion. I don't understand why Oscar would make Becky tap out at the Rumble and then come off TV, come back, lose the Mandy Rose as champ. But hey, whatever. It's cause, we'll man. see what happens. Hey, it's about it's about the shoes. But that look, she's man, wearing. I didn't get to talk about the chamber. Let me say my piece about. Okay, the chamber, go ahead and say your piece look. about the chamber, bro. And they talked about it on Edge and Christian's podcast with Kofi this past week too that moment when AJ you know told Kofi to stay down and like you can just hear the crowd going crazy yeah and then you know after the match he's sitting on the edge with Woods and Big boys man and the the crowd is just that round of applause and appreciation and that shit was powerful 11 years man it's like bro 
I've been a fan of Kofi Kingston since 2008. I remember. Well, you remember when Edge when, beat him up at the Elimination Chamber and he took, didn't his even get in. Yeah, took, took his spot. Took his spot. Yeah, but bro, since 2008, I remember when Kofi Kingston first came into WWE when he was on ECW, and I remember the uh, promos that they were airing on TV for him and everything. You know, he was from Jamaica. You had the SOS. It's like, bro, like Kofi Kingston has always been hot, man. And like he said, man, 11 years, man, it's time for him to get his. It's all, two, all 2019, man. It's his year, man. It's his year, man. I believe in Kofi. Everybody believes in Kofi. Hashtag that. I believe in I Kofi. I believe in Kofi, man. Hashtag it, man. Hey, I'm glad that we got to talk about wrestling because, like people said, we really don't talk about a lot of wrestling. There's going mean, to be a lot to talk about coming up. You got Fastlane. You got WrestleMania. And then the big granddaddy of them all. And just to let everybody know, we do have a couple of podcasts coming up where we had guests who are professional wrestlers. So be sure to check those out when they do come out and once they're announced. But yeah, let's move along. Let's yeah. talk about some. Oh, what you have oh, something else to say? No, what? I just want to double back on oh, go back? the beginning. Oh, let's rewind of the a pod. little bit. Do you rewind? Do, 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 do. To the beginning, we talking about The Office because we've been we watched a couple episodes of The Office before we recorded this, and then Funko Pops finally. Oh yeah, Funko just announced not all of them, but it's a good first set for The Office, in my opinion. I love how you got they all did, the main players. I love how they did Jim with the book face. Yeah, book face, Facebook. Well, no, the, I know on the show. Yeah, it was yeah, book yeah. face because he didn't know. Yeah, man. Um, <laughs> it's definitely like they didn't include all of the characters no. from the office, but they included like they, the popular they included ones. The main guy, the Jim, but, um, Michael, um, Dwight. Yeah, but you know, you know that they're gonna come out with you know the exclusives. We don't need to see some of them. We don't need a Phyllis Funko Pop, bro. You know you're gonna get the exclusive. I need me a Stanley Funko Pop. Yeah, of course. Of course. Boy, you done lost your damn mind because I helped you find it. Well, bro, not only did they announce the Office Funko Pops, they also announced one of our favorite animes, Yu Yu Hakusho. That's finally. Yusuke, Botan, Kuwabara, EA, and Karama Funko Pops. That blow. I didn't even think about it till like they made the announcement. It blows my mind. That they're just coming out now? Yeah. It's crazy, bro. That is wild. It's crazy, but bro. When I look at all, like, the other, I don't want to, like, discredit any other animes or anything like that, but when you look at some of the things that have Funko Pops. It's just like, and dang, then you're like, like, Yu Yu Hakusho. Yu Hakusho never has any yet? Well, like, bro, that's you know, wild. You know that there are going to be some sweet exclusives. You know that uh, they're going to make that six-inch Tagoro. You know that's going to have to be six inches. That's what she said. That's what she said. Yeah. Um, and then also, <laughs> also, I know a lot of people weren't expecting this, and I'm going to get these Funko Pops for my grandma. They release, they're going to be releasing Sanford and Son I like Funko that. Pops. And, you know, my grandma, she doesn't know what Funko Pops are. She's going to just think that they're just dumb, stupid toys. But I want to get it for her. And Sanford and Lamont, they come in a set, so you don't have to buy them both separately. So do you think that they're going to release a truck, the Sanford well, and Son truck? I was about to ask you, do you think they're going to start rolling out more of the old school sitcom? sitcom? Bro, you if know, they like do the Family Jeffersons Matters, and, Fresh yeah, Prince of Bel-Air, Good Times, and, bro, the Wayans Brothers. Uh, oh, oh my God, that would be gold <laughs> to do the Wayans Brothers. Yeah, man. But hey, you know, more power to Funko, man. It's like they're definitely it's high just, when know, it comes to nostalgia. Funko's been hot for such a long time now. But going on probably a good four or five year stretch that yeah. Funko Pop's been hot. And to think they got 
Like, they've only done this amount of things. They still got all these other things yeah. they can do. But, bro, it's like what you just said about the Yu Yu Hakusho. He's just like, man, it's like all these other anime pops, and they're just now releasing Yu Yu Hakusho. When you think about it, it's kind of smart. Because, right, yeah. Because it's just like Yu Yu Hakusho is hot. So it's like, bro, I'm, I'm telling you, like, there aren't any Inuyasha Funko Pops. Right. And then down the, down the road, you're going to get the Inuyasha Funko Pops, you know? So it's cool that they're releasing pops like they are. And whatever cool pops that I love, I'm going to buy them. I hear you. I'm with it. But yeah, man, uh, something that's, that I wanted to bring up was they recently announced that there was going to be a Batman and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles animated movie coming out based right. off of the comic that came out a few years ago, man. So I'm really looking forward to that. You always know that DC, their animated films are always on point, top, yeah, on point top notch. So this is going to be really good and I can't wait to watch it. It's going to be you? weird. Um, I don't know anything too much about the comic, but... I mean, is it a full comic series? No, or? it's just a movie, bro. You know, no, you know, no, no. I'm talking about where the adaptation oh, the series. is coming from. I, I can't remember if it, if it was a full comic series or not. That's something that we'll have to look, look into. Up, yeah. But I'm pretty sure it was probably like five five comics. I just what do they do with that story? Like it's just a one off. Yeah, it's just like just like the Batman, Batman and Daredevil, and but is it the Turtles coming to Gotham? Or I can't remember what I read about. You know, what, it's it's always something crazy. Story. I'm I'm pretty sure because you you got to remember on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon they talked about like you know there was all these dimensions. Remember Dimension X? Right, yeah, that's where yeah. Crane came from. So I'm pretty sure they find their way into I'm sure into Gotham City or something like that. Because and like you just said, DC DC's animating it and has the control over what's going on with it. Yeah, there's not a shadow of doubt in my mind that it's going to be good. Yeah, man. I mean, it's just. It's like this isn't the first time that the Turtles have crossed over into comics with other well-known established uh, comic book characters. Because I don't know if you know or if anybody listening knows, but the Turtles, the same ooze that turned them into the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was the same was the same chemicals that got in Matt Murdock's eyes and blinded him. And, you know, later Matt Murdock becomes Daredevil. No, I did not know that. Yeah, so that's something that's connected and how the ninja clan in the Marvel Universe is called um, the Hand and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, they're called the Foot foot, Soldiers. The Foot Soldiers, yeah. Yeah. So it's like that's another little cool, you know, crossover that has happened before. But, you know, they haven't made a Daredevil and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie and DC is the first to do it, so... I can't wait to see it, man. I'm with you. And speaking of superheroes, man, I know we were talking about this earlier, uh-huh. the Umbrella Academy. I know that that's really popular right now, and that's what everybody's watching. Have you watched it yet? Because I just I saw the first episode because, I mean, it was getting so hyped on Roshi's. I saw the first episode, and I'm I'm still going to watch more, but I really wasn't that impressed just from the first episode. I know everybody's raving about it. It's only 10 episodes. I believe that first season. I know it's you know the comic book series, like you said, is written by the dude from My Chemical Romance, which I didn't even know until you had told me. But yeah, I mean, I just wasn't too impressed with the very first episode of it. But I'm I'm gonna watch a couple more and see you know what ends up unfolding for your boy. Well, yeah, I mean, I definitely have it on my to watch list. It's like you know people always recommend me all these TV shows and movies to watch. So it's definitely on my Netflix watch list to watch. Um, But, you know, like we were talking about earlier, 
I've just been watching The Office because it's like I'm in love with that series right now. And when I saw the episode where Jim confessed his love to Pam earlier, like my jaw dropped and I posted and I posted about it on Facebook and people were just like, what? You're late. You're just like, I'm like, hey, I I mean, look, did it make you hate Pam? uh, Yeah, you started to dislike her a little bit more. I mean, like as I'm watching the show, I mean, like I see that Pam is growing from what she originally was. I don't like when people are doing the whole the Jim and Pam goals and stuff. I'm like, well, people see that. Bro, it's like, think about it, man. It's like some people see stuff on TV and then they think like, man, it's like I'm going to do this in real life. Like. I love the Jim and Pam story. I love the the Steve Urkel and Laura story. And bro, it's even some people out there that love the Harley Quinn and Joker story, which is beyond we ain't getting into beyond that. crazy. Yeah, we ain't getting into that. But yeah, man. <laughs> so, but yeah. Hold that, on, before oh, what's good? we skip past DC and the fact that you've been binging the Office, so you haven't really seen anything else. You still ain't watched any of Doom Patrol. I, I still haven't. It's now. two episodes out now, man. I mean, I ain't seen it either. Well, I'm just saying. I mean, you know, I know you said that. Once again, the reviews. You're talking about DC, man. I have been watching the other DC stuff. I've been watching Gotham. Like, for this to be the final season of Gotham, like, it's really good, man. I'm enjoying it. It's like, there hasn't been a bad episode so far. Do they have previous season of Gotham on Netflix or Hulu? I believe no. I meant on um the DC universe. That app. that I don't know. I mean, like I, I believe that you can. I'm gonna say no. I believe you can watch them on Netflix and Hulu. Like it's kind of funny, like how the contracts are with certain stuff. Because I know, like you can watch most of the DC shows well, from the CW. DC on has no rights to Gotham, right? Because they technically don't use. I think yeah. Fox, is that how it's working? Fox has the rights to Gotham right now. Is that what you're trying to say? The, well, there's no like. Is, Batman's name isn't in Gotham, is it? Uh, they haven't got to that point yet. Yeah, okay. So, so technically, they, they, have they a, haven't truly used characters that DC has. Well, they've said created. the other. Like they just like certain characters are on the show, but it's like they don't have like their name. I mean, like yeah, like you have the Penguin. Like they say the Penguin. They call him Penguin. Uh, you have Poison Ivy, but she's not Poison Ivy yet. She's Ivy, right? Um, Selena still isn't Catwoman. Bruce isn't Batman, and then you have have uh jerome velasca who is the joker but he isn't called the joker yet right yeah. but on the last episode that uh that did just happen he like him and bruce fought at ace chemicals and jerome fell into the the chemical thing that uh-huh. the joker falls into so when the we'll ser- when the series ends like it leads uh, into to him he's yeah he's gonna be the joker now. yeah i didn't know if that was a loophole oh you uh, yeah you know how they, they do technically sometimes. yeah yeah because i know we talked about on uh titans how like like they showed Joker and they showed Batman and they said the names, but they hid their faces. Like we never saw what they looked like, but we knew that it was Joker and Batman because of the hair and the mask and whatnot. Right. So I'm really looking forward to the end of Gotham. I mean, this is the fifth season. And, you know, bro, it's like I enjoy when shows don't go for, you know, 13, 20 seasons. Like, just give me a good five, six seasons and then just go on to the next I'm thing. I'm with you on that. You know, it's I like, don't need all that supernatural. Hey, hold on, Rondell. 20 years. Hold on. Nah, I'm I said they going to season bro. 30, bro. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. See, and we going, look, it's going to go to episode 1000. We going to get there. They had three 
300 right now. They ain't going to no 1,000. Yeah, nah, we getting Maybe 500. Look, as long as there's still a Daniel Patrick Glenn on this earth. They, yeah, that's they, right. They, Shout they, out. They going to episode 1,000. Now, look, before we hop into what this podcast is about this week, I just want to bring up one more topic, and that's the Project Z teaser. Oh, my God. That they dropped. And I'm going to let you say... You gonna let me talk about this because what, I'm more because I'm more hyped I'm more hyped about it than you are. Right. This dude Trav, he No, don't talk about me. This dude no, hold on. I need to because this dude Trav is the one who told me that the the trailer was out. Now I had heard about the Project Z when it was first announced, but he told me about the trailer. And when I watched that trailer, man, like I was just like, yo, this looks so beautiful. Like I can't wait to play this game. It's like <laughs> Come on, bro. No, hold on, bro. It's my it's my turn to talk right. <laughs> Right. it's my turn to talk right now when i saw this trailer i was just like man we're finally getting a legacy of goku game that's fully 3d fully 3D. rp rp okay. rpg man it's like bro it's like i grew up playing the rpg dragon ball games like that came out on the super nintendo back in the day so I've always been one of those type of people where people say, oh, it's like, yo, this looks trash or it's like they could have did something better. It's like to me, somebody who played the original games that were just like card based and everything. It's like this looks phenomenal and I can't wait to play it. It start. I'm hoping that it starts with the fight with Piccolo at the Tenkaichi Budokai. I believe it was the 25th Tenkaichi Budokai where Goku and Piccolo fought. And, That's not happening. And it looks like it's going to end at the Frieza saga. As so I'm really looking forward to this i know some fans might be like oh well why can't it just go all the way to super it's like hey let's let, just have this first game let, let me and then we it. can have the sequel that goes up to the sale saga let me break it down. all right go ahead try right, yeah you told me you want to let me say on, because right, i just can't contain myself go ahead anymore. say what you need to say now man. look let, let me just say this you are absolutely right this is the dragon ball z game that i have been waiting 25 years to play this is the game that i wanted to play when I was 13 years old I wanted to play as Goku and through his story now hold on real quick I'm sorry to cut you off come on I'm sorry to cut you off I'm sorry to cut you off but you got to remember it's like we did have a game like this stop and it was Dragon Ball Z sagas and that game was trash so they so they did give us a game but it was trash that's not the game I wanted go ahead that's not the game I wanted this is looking like the game that I wanted ever since I was 13 you gotta stop flexing (laughs) you over here with your shirt off you flexing I just saw my muscle I'm talking about Dragon Ball Z well that's what they do they flex bro but bro let me flex on this mic right now go ahead bro I'm sorry let me preach to these people real quick man because they got to hear this. Look, this is the game we've been wanting. I don't want to hear nothing about no Legacy of Goku. I don't want to hear nothing about no sagas. Now, let me just say this. I don't know if this game's going to come out next year. It said this year. I, they better not put it out this year. Why? Because they, if, they, that's the, if that's the graphics and the look the graphics that look they good. about to give us. The graphics look good. They can it, kiss my ass with that, bro. bro the graphics that look jank good. looks like that is Budokai graphics. No, it's not. That is PlayStation Two graphics. No. You better not come at me and try and sell bro. me some sixty dollar game graphics, with that bull no, right there. The graphics look fine. No, don't even give and, me and that. Man, bro. And the thing don't is, even it's, give me it's that. It's not always about the graphics. Yes, man. it is. No, because Jump Force has really good graphics and the game is trash. So okay. it's not. It's not always about the graphics, man. Hold on. <laughs> okay, what's look at you see 
You lying right now and you usually, being punished. Usually you my co-host right now and you has punished. water up here for us, but we don't have anything. Well, you could have grabbed some. No, you're you're I'm at I'm at your home. Oh, so okay. you're supposed to no, be walking through the guests. front door then like that. You're so I didn't. The door was locked. The door was locked. So, I knew you was coming. I so said, it's like door. the door was locked. But anyway, like I said, graphics aren't everything, man. Yeah, of course. It's like you can put everything, you, can, but you can't give me that. The graphics look good. No, they don't. In my opinion, no, they, they, they don't. look good. You lying, Benjamin. I think, I think you're the only person that I know that is, that is complaining. There's mad people up about, there the graphics. about them graphics. All right, show, show me some screenshots. I, mean, I can't so, show you. The, pull, I didn't screenshot. I want, you, I want you to show me later on. Oh, I want you to show. I can pull it up on the phone. I want you. I want you because it's like the graphics I'm look fine. I'm telling you right now. The, the, gra- the graphics Z, look fine. That, I can't that, wait till it comes what they out. They gave us and in the trailer. In the trailer, it showed Goku and Vegeta. Uh, sorry, not Goku and Vegeta. Goku and Piccolo fighting in the trailer, they, and we both know they didn't that just they show that. Though. No, showed, I know, but I'm they saying showed Gohan with his bowl cut. But they showed, Go- but they showed Goku and and Piccolo fighting in the beginning of the trailer, and we all know that Goku and Piccolo never fought in Dragon Ball Z. They only fought at the end of Dragon Ball. So I'm thinking that it's going to start at the end of Dragon Ball where Goku and Piccolo fought at the 25th, 20, um, sorry, the 25th Tenkaichi Budokai. Man, and it's you gonna, can't be giving me this right here. Yeah, I am. Now, if the game looked like this on the Switch, nah. I'd be fine with it. Bro, the but graphics look fine. You man. ain't giving me a game like this on a, on a PlayStation 4, 4 and an Xbox One and, and giving me this hell no not for sixty dollars not no look just play the demo when it comes don't come out. at me with wait that. for wait for more gameplay that don't make no sense wait for more That's gameplay. laziness wait for more gameplay footage to come out man before before you judge man judge yeah just wait there's you can judge i'm talking about the graphics let i didn't say that. anything Give about the game you. let me see let me see it, man. Look at this. Look at this. Hold on. Talking about so you wait for the these game. Graphics I'm talking about these fine. graphics. They the look gra- fine to they, me. They PlayStation Two remastered no, graphics. No, they're not. Yeah, they are. Give me. That. Okay, well, look. That's his opinion, and I have my opinion. Other fans have mm. theirs. It's like the it's game. Damn Bandai. The game. Damn looks, Bandai. The right game there. looks phenomenal. I'm gonna get it, and because we're talking about RPGs right now, that leads right into our topic of discussion we on today's podcast. Where it should be left on with podcast and that's a celebration and rpgs of the greatest final fantasy game final fantasy final 9 fantasy. baby <laughs> final fantasy 8 because final fantasy 8 eh, it's okay but it's okay. Fi- but final fantasy 9 came will, out in japan will always hold in a place in my heart and hey, don't get me wrong. I love Final Fantasy VIII, and we're going to talk about that but on this today's is, episode. It's a series that we're going to be doing. It's the first installment in the series, a podcast that we're going to be doing. About what? The the errors of Final Fantasy. What This errors? is the PlayStation era of Final Fantasy. Well, what's the next era? We PS2? Talking, the PS2. 10, maybe a little yeah, bit of 11. Are we going to do PS3? 12. And then, yeah, we'll hit the... And what we'll about PS4? About, we'll talk about 13. What, one game? What, Final Fantasy VII Remake? Yeah, right. I'm talking about. I was talking about 15 when I said one game. Oh yeah, that's right. 15 did come out on the Xbox One, but it's crazy, man. Like I, I, I just remember that it came out on the Xbox One and the PS4. I was thinking that it came out on the PS3, PS3 yeah. and the 360. Well, that, Originally, but that's it the was. Crazy thing. It was supposed you know, to. Versus 13. There, a lot came out on the PlayStation. Now we we're keeping it strictly to main titles, you yeah. Know? But when you think about all the Final Fantasy games that came out on PlayStation and then PS2, and then you go over to PS3 and it's only a few, two or three, and then PS4, we've had one. Yeah, because on the PS one on the place on the PS one, they re released one through six. 
on the yeah, PS1. Well, and they broke them up in two different and, yeah, set, anthology and mythology. Yeah. And package it, but we kept it strictly to seven, seven eight, eight, or nine. nine. The, ones, the ones that came out on that system. And of course, we had to bring on our boys. This was our first sit down live this is our first, podcast. First sit down. And we brought in Sing. Our boy Fate. Sing from uh, Rhythm Nights. My boy. Your boy. Yeah. I, my first time man. meeting him. This, what was that your first that time? That was my first time meeting okay. him. We did the live sit down podcast with him. Talk, had a good time. Had a great time. Now back then, uh, you know, we didn't do back that then, one. They didn't want me. We didn't. We didn't have our shirts off on that one. But uh, but you know, the future podcast that we're gonna do the live ones. The shirts are gonna be off. So with no further ado, let's get in the this week's podcast. We'll sing fate and let's rock. <laughs> What's good, Sing? How you doing today, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. Thank you for joining us on Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks, man. You know, Trav, he's told me a lot about you, and I'm just happy that we were able to get you on today's episode, man. Double T, singing Trav. Oh, hey, hey, what's up, Trav? How you doing, man? I'm all right, man. I'm over here. <laughs> I'm, I'm over here. I'm in, I'm in the room. We're talking. We're hanging out. Well, you that know, some, sometimes it's like, you know, Trav, he has special powers where he turns invisible. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, sometimes I don't see him. <sighs> Dude, just because all the ladies that I've been with tell you that I be invisible don't mean that it's for real. Well, when your favorite sex move is the Houdini and you disappear constantly, what else are they supposed to think? Nothing. Yeah, Trav. So, yeah, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell tell the people in podcast world who Sing Fate is. That's a uh, pretty elusive question, but uh, I guess the basics of it is, mm, I don't know, I have a background in gaming. I've been playing everything since my first console was original Nintendo, shortly after Super Nintendo. I grew up in the late 80s, early 90s, so I got my nice fill of all the PlayStation classics, which was by far the best system that has ever come out let me state that for a fact um but yeah so i moved on from playing kids as uh playing kids i I moved on from playing games as a kid (laughs) i I moved on from playing with kids (laughs) yeah i I used to play with children uh but no no, uh but yeah no i moved on from playing uh games as a kid (laughs) hold on real quick Hold on, so were you like the Pied Piper? He's like, the Pied Piper yeah, PlayStation. You, uh, you <laughs> hey, kids, look at this PlayStation I got here. Surviving Sing Fate. <laughs> but, uh, but no, I, uh, I played games as a kid and then moved on to playing, in addition <laughs> to video games, you know, board games, card games, stuff like that. Uh, I played a lot of semi-competitive Yu-Gi-Oh! and Magic the Gathering, and now I own a hobby store. So I'm doing the same thing with... You know, basically an adult with a uh, a kid's background of every game that you can think of. So now you're an adult, and I'm you're an adult, adult child. Still playing with the children. They're still playing with the children. <laughs> yeah, that has not changed. So, so what's the name of your hobby store? Uh, my hobby store is Kaboom. Okay. Uh, formerly known as Kaboom Collectibles, but now it's just Kaboom. Okay. And how did you come up with that name, Kaboom? Because I like the name Kaboom. It means something's exploding. Um, well, it's kind of a multifaceted <laughs> thing. Said. It wasn't originally my business. Um, I partnered up with someone who's been a veteran in the hobby slash gaming industry for over 25 years. Uh, and it went through a couple of different iterations. It started out as Comic Alternative. Um, and then they basically did exclusively comics back in the day. But slowly, as Magic the Gathering and Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon and all the other, you know, toy selling, whatever, you know, games started to get real big. Um, They branched out into it and then 
uh, comic alternative shut down and relocated and became Kaboom. So I didn't actually have a hand in naming it. Um, but I, I definitely agree. It, it, uh, it, it gets a lot of people to take a second look at it. Like, you know, oh, I'm going to go play games. Where are you going? I'm going to Kaboom. Did somebody die? Like, mm-hmm. no, it, we're just, it's cool. And it kind of goes hand in hand with video games because it's got that it, Super Smash, yeah. Nintendo <clears throat> feel. You know, even just going off of the Kaboom logo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. how it's got uh, the... Our, uh, our bomb, a.k.a. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, I do need that water. I, I won't lie. I do need the water. If you I need that water now. Um, I'm going to need the water. See, and, like, um, and this is this is an issue. I'm sorry to uh, cut you off. No, saying, no, you're good, man. But, like, this is the issue, man. It's like, you know, when we record this podcast, you know, it's, it's Trav's job to provide everybody with the necessities that they need so that way that they can feel safe and secure when they're recording. And it's like, you know, we don't even have water up here, man. And I mean... Like, it could be worse. We could be the kind of guys where our writer basically says, if we don't have a bowl full of green M and M's, that we're gonna yeah, and not I, can show up. But and, and just to let you let just to let everybody know, this is our first live in action podcast interview where we actually have a guest that's here with us. And this guy Trav, he can't even provide us with water. Trav, do you have anything to say? Look, see, look. What's, what's wrong as, with as we discussed before, he disappears on a regular interval. I told you. I told you. <laughs> see, now that we actually have somebody here to see this, like, Trav is invisible right now. 100%. The microphone is up in the air. Like, it's it's there, but he's not saying anything <laughs> at all. But um, anyway, going back to Kaboom. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, I'm co-owner of a uh gaming slash hobby shop that specializes in magic the gathering and tabletop board games you know dungeons and dragons stuff like that uh we also dabble a little bit in retro games we're slowly trying to get that off the ground and uh kind of get some private gaming rooms where people can set up D D sessions or you know basically do anything that's related to nerd culture um with like booking rooms and such yeah man that's pretty cool because it's like you know here at least in our part of uh virginia it's like game rooms and arcades like they're dead like i believe we talked about this on a previous episode trav and i think that that's cool that you know they you have a hobby store slash gaming store and i think that that would bring a lot a lot of people in because you know like in today's world you know everything is online people you know nobody sits down on the same couch with, with each other anymore and play and plays together. So yeah. I think that that's cool that, you know, that y'all are experimenting with that. And, you know, hopefully that will bring a lot more people in and then bring in a lot more business. Cause bro, I swear it's like, I, sometimes I wish that I could just play my Sega Genesis with somebody again. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah. And I mean, uh, games used to be all land based or multiplayer where you're both, you know, there's no such thing as a multi-tap anymore. You know, people don't hook uh, up four controllers yeah. and yes, play one system together that. anymore like they used to. And I, I feel like a good portion of that started with um, the arcades closing. I mean, locally, yeah. at least for us, Cyber Station at Greenbrier was like the hot spot. I remember that. You know, I it was like it was like the... the uh, the secondary to Aladdin's castle of what we had. And that's where a lot of people, that was like the last bastion of people playing games together in a social setting. And then it slowly, like you said, it went more and more online. Now the plus side for us right now is that we mainly do, you know, card games and tabletop stuff, which there isn't really an online component. I mean, there are games like tabletop simulator that lets you do it online, but it doesn't beat the feel of sitting in a room with two or three guys and, and actually playing a tabletop game. Um, so yeah, but no, I, I, I agree. Um, that's kind of the reason why I got into that business and the reason that 
if I retire and I'm an old 80 year old man and that's the only thing I have to show for my life is I can bring a bunch of people of a younger generation in to experience a social gaming culture that we don't currently have that that would make me feel like I've at least done something with my life so that's kind of been my inspiration for it so it's kind of like what you were saying earlier about like you know how you played with kids and it's like <laughs> now you're gonna be you know older and you're still gonna be playing with kids so exactly it's like, it's like I want to be like, an 80 year old man known sensei. for playing with children and not going to yeah, jail that's yeah. kind of why <laughs> you'll be like Mr. Miyagi you know yeah. teaching them a wax on wax off man. exactly <laughs> But, uh, you know, so today on today's episode, we're going to be talking about one of the most prestigious, awesome. Error. Error? Of Final Fantasy. Oh, I, well, games. I, well, I didn't want to just jump to that trailer. Like, that's why you got to let what people. What are you talking about? That's why you got to let people finish <laughs> saying what they was going to say. Because what I was trying to say is that I wanted to say the Final Fantasy series. And then we could have said we were going to talk about this. You know era. what I thought you was about to do? I thought you was about to sneak in another Final Fantasy IX's the best bull. But Final Fantasy I thought you were about to say today we're going to be talking the most prestigious Final Fantasy of all time. Final Final Fantasy Fantasy IX. In my opinion, Final Fantasy IX was the best Final Fantasy game that's come out in the entire series. That's just my opinion, but, you know. Well, it's okay to have a wrong opinion. Well, it's not wrong. It's right. (laughs) But, you know, that's why, you know, we have the podcast and we can talk with others to hear what their favorite Final Fantasy But look, bro, it's a, it's a, it's a two-on-one handicap seven, match seven. tonight. Hey, hey, I was just in a handicap match last night where it was two-on-three, and me and we Diamond... We need to hear about me your and, sex me and, me and Diamond Victor Griff won that match, so... <laughs> hey, oh. When it comes to handicap matches, your boy Benjamin Banks always comes out on top. But yeah. let's let's go ahead... And, she said. Let's go ahead and start with our guest. You know, usually I start with Trav, but, you know... It's nice to finally have somebody else in the room besides him. <laughs> so tell us, what's your favorite? I mean, Travis already said that it's already a two-to-one. I anyway. never told them what my favorite was, though. They have no idea. Yeah, but you said it's a two-to-one, so obviously y'all both like the same game. So Could have been lying. So what, is it Final Fantasy one? Yes. You got it. I mean, damn. The graphics, right. everything about the story. I mean, there's what, just what about the eight bits that you get to see on the screen <laughs> at the same time. What, what console did y'all play it on? Did y'all play it on the NES? I played it on a Famicom because I'm a hipster. No. Yeah. Oh, you played it on the Famicom. Dang. Was it hacked so that way it was, you know... I, I mean, I was speedrunning before speedrunning was speed. It was a thing. <laughs> I, I, if if speedrunning is what it is, then... Uh, you know, I may as well be in the Matrix. You may as well call me Keanu Reeves because I've got some. You could call going. me the Road Runner of <laughs> Speed Racing. <clears throat> but um, but no. Uh, no. What is your favorite Final Fantasy in the series? My favorite Final Fantasy is undeniably and hands down Final Fantasy VIII. Nice choice. Now, explain to Mr. Banks and the audience. Why Final Fantasy VIII is hands down the best Final Fantasy. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let him answer the question, no, Mr. No, he Banks. can answer the question, but I don't like the way why that you do, ask the question. Why do so, you think Final Fantasy VIII is the best Final Fantasy in the series? Uh, I mean, there's no one simple answer to that question. It's a lot of lead-in of different reasons. Um if I had to make it a bulleted list and say my, you know, top couple of factors of what makes it the best is storyline overall, it is completely different from any of the other Final Fantasies, which some people may see as making it not true to the series. 
but I would say it's more of approaching Final Fantasy from a different aspect or from a different angle. Um, it's essentially, I mean, overall, there's definitely love stories or love interests that are built into almost all of the Final Fantasies, right. whether it's yeah. active or or indirect or whatever. But this was from the ground up a love story. Yeah. But it was also happening during a war, which makes it a love slash war story, which if you parallel that with any major movies, almost all the top movies that people would consider like best movies of all time are usually one or both of those genres. Some type of war is going on and there's some type of love interest. Uh, so the storyline has a huge factor in it. You also have to look at the leap that they went over the course of basically two years since Final Fantasy VII came out in terms of graphics. Right. Their characters are full, tall, shelled out, detailed, textured characters. Detail for the time. For the time, which the immersion level was much Not higher for me. It wasn't blocks, and it it was anime-esque, but it was more yeah. realism than it was right. straight anime, um, which, believe me, I love anime. I'm, yeah. I'm an anime fan through and through, but the fact that they were able to mix it up and stylize it in such a way where whether you were an anime fan or whether you were not an anime fan, it kind of fit both worlds. Um, so th those are, those are the top two, the story and the graphics for sure. Um, and then there's a bunch of other smaller things. The card game was better than, you know, not having a card game in it at all. Yeah. And in my opinion, better than the one in nine, um, or was, was nine the next one that had it? Nine had a card game. In yeah, it was nine was the next one that had triple triad or whatever their variation was. It, it was a playoff of eight. It was a playoff of eight, yeah. but yeah, so, uh, the card game was a great addition. The way that you, the entire combat system being where, you could, you know, absorb spells yeah, from other yeah. people and they were a finite number versus using MP. So it was one less thing to keep track of. It was just raw numbers. The fact that you could turn cards into uh, I, magic and whatever. Something I had brought up before too. Yeah, there, there's just, there's so many layers to it, but it's all built on the foundation of having a great story and a complete overhaul of what graphics really meant at the time bringing up the gameplay i know that um when it comes to the junction system that's one of the things that hurt the game for a lot of people but for me and you the junction system i mean that was made what the made the game you yeah. say that well that's one of the reasons why i wasn't a fan i mean i would not saying that i wasn't a fan of the game because i did like final fantasy 8 but I didn't like the junction system. Yeah, what didn't you like about it? Though? I just didn't like the fact, like when I first got introduced to it, you know, because after playing seven, it's like, you know, you could equip magic and then you could equip the summons later on in the game once you unlocked them. And I didn't like the fact that you had to equip a summon in order to use magic in the game. And I like at the time, I was just like, oh, I'm not a big fan of that. And I think that that was the only bad part of the game that I didn't like, but it's like the story what the overall story was good. The love story, it kind of had like a Romeo Juliet vibe yeah, to it. Yeah, absolutely. I um, agree. Um, I, like I was telling uh, Trav about this too. Like I like the fact that how, how much bigger the world was compared to the world of final fantasy seven and how, you know, sometimes it's like, it was so, it was so big that you had to rent a car. So well, that way and, that you could drive across the land. And even though when you were in the car, it's like you could still encounter, uh, enemies and whatnot. And even though like this is a little, uh, small detail, I like the fact that the car that you rented, you could stop at a gas station and fill it back up because it's like if you didn't have gas in it, you just had to wander the wastelands again. Well, not wastelands. I'm talking about Fallout now, but you well, know what I'm saying? And, like, and more to your point, um, 
in Final Fantasy VII, really the only thing that the world map was there for was a way to visually convey you going from one location that was story-based exactly. to another. In Final Fantasy VIII, it was like a little taste of what sandbox games are now. You did, yeah. you could literally skip entire portions of the storyline or experience them out of the order that the designers put into the game, even though it would still make sense because of the ways they set it up. And they did that specifically to empower you to explore more of the game. And like you said, you can get a car, you can travel here, you can fight this guy or not fight this guy. You can go into this dungeon and, and try and get Diablo or whatever from exactly. the lamp. Like there are different things you can that. do that you don't, they, it's almost it was a very in my opinion it was a very brilliant take on giving the option for a side quest that really bears little uh, bearing on the main story on the main story but it gives it makes you feel like you're in control of when you experience certain things um and and that's uh, more to your point that's I agree with you. That's why I feel like it was also a league of its own, even compared to the notorious Final Fantasy VII that most people will say is the, probably f- their favorite from that time frame. Yeah. Um, but then also to touch on what you said about the junction system, I think without realizing, it, it, and of course this is all personal taste, yeah. but I think without realizing what I later in life would enjoy is I like min-maxing in games right. where you really focus on one specific talent or one specific way of playing a character or a class or whatever, and you just you know you do you min max you literally sacrifice other things to glass cannon your way into being highly specialized at something and that's and when that's creating great. parties make it so it um, makes you feel valuable when you swap out right, party members exactly. versus if everybody's the same like in not to knock final, final fantasy 7 but you can literally swap any character pretty it's much the same person yeah, yeah and in I 8 agree. it was i feel like like in my mind if quetzalcoatl uh was in but, my mind is squall's summon then it, that's my dude he is, and he's yeah, a lightning exactly. guy and that's his thing and that's how i'm gonna roll with him now granted later I mean, on but they even had the gauge where it's like this person where you know it was a number system this person was weak with this GF. Don't pair them up. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, like I said, as a child, I mean, obviously we were playing this when we were right. you know, 12 and 13 yeah. and whatever. We didn't fully grasp that. But I can tell you now, going back and playing the game later, when I have all the knowledge that I've amassed as a gamer, I appreciate it even more now, the choices that they made with the game, which were well ahead of its time compared to the other games of the same era. And and then in addition to that, and I know I'm going a little bit into the territory of Mr. Banks's favorite, uh, which will remain numberless for now. Uh, but other games that, let's just say they came after 8 and before 10, uh, they also had really a great immersive graphics, but in my opinion, even though they were more polished in subsequent games, 8, because of its almost realism slash anime feel, still to me feels like the better graphics of the era. So I can appreciate them more when I go back and play it. It holds up better to me personally. I mean, I agree with you on that with 8 because it's like 8 kind of had that real world feel to it. I mean, like even when you look at Final Fantasy 9, it's like a lot of the characters in that game, they kind of came off cartoonish. You know, the design. Yeah. The well, they kind of went had. back to the they second went, format. They went, they went back to the older. Just not blocky. Oldest, yeah. But it was small. Yeah. It was, no, just, no. It was chibi-ish yeah, or whatever. And, and the way I, I want to compare it to the 7 format. No, 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 no. no, no, no. I was just making, like we were just saying, 8 had the scaling. Yeah. yeah. more right. accurate. Was and then 9 goes back to downscaling. Yeah. I mean, in my, and this is just kind of my section of the world, the way that I look at it as 
Final Fantasy VIII's graphics are almost Resident Evil-esque, where they're meant to look kind of realism, but it's with, like, a twinge of anime, whereas nine is very stylized to be like chrono trigger and chrono yeah. cross where it's that like very unique uh I mean, it looked like it was fu- like fun right yeah well, it's like a it fantasy is fun world. but bear in mind they're also two different games worked on in a way simultaneously while they're working on eight there's a whole nother production crew team working, working on, on nine. What it, it's supposed? It's not supposed. I feel like eight was supposed to be the upgrade from seven. Of nine course. is not the upgrade from eight. No, nine it's is not. completely it's separate completely from eight as far as how the game is made. Well, if you look at just the way that Final Fantasy in general has been, the idea behind it, because we made this joke as a kid, it's called Final Fantasy, but there's been seven of them. I mean, that's literally the trope, yeah, right? right? But the but when you really take a look at it, the first few when you really take a look at it the first few games in the series were literally just carbon copies of the previous one up until you hit like uh what was it six is the the final fantasy three yeah, or Final Fantasy 3. I mean, it was like Final yeah. Fantasy 1 and 2 were almost shot for shot. They were the same, the same as game. far as like the graphics game. and the battle yeah. system and stuff. There wasn't much even, variation. Even the color coding as far as the yeah, displays like the palettes go, and the sprites. it's legitimately yeah. like the same. It's a, Correct. It's just a new story. Right. But I, but, I will say that the original Final Fantasy game, like... I know, like, the newer ones, they... And we're not trying to always, knock those games, because they, they came no. out 86 yeah, or something but they were But they were just trying to basically build off of what they had before. They were just right. straight RPGs. Like, there was... Yeah. I mean, like, the story was minimum. It's like, hey, we need to save the world. That's it. Like, there was no love It's strictly... Involved. It's turn-based, like... Uh, you know, seven and eight. Yeah, it's turn based. One and two and all those. They're really yeah, turn it's based. Literally turn- and that's because a part of it is because the limitations. It's of the not tech actively turn based. But at the same time, what I'm getting at is the first couple of games were basically just taking the previous game and upgrading it. And then whenever they made the jump to 3D to go to Final Fantasy VII, which was a first, and most people didn't even think it could be done. I mean, at the time, just the fact that they made a 3D RPG was like people thought it would fail. Well, when they and, when yeah. they were making seven though, they weren't exclusive to Sony Square. Yeah. They yeah. weren't Square. They were even Square Soft at the yeah, time. They were just Square. The it was be on Nintendo. Nintendo. They weren't. They weren't sure. Sony threw money at them yeah, and was just like, "We want this to happen." So props to Sony for saying. For having that in mind, oh yeah, dude, let's let's go get that get, let's go get that game. Yeah, and and I and I agree because it's not the same if it comes out on Nintendo. No, well, did it you, wouldn't have been. Did y'all I mean, ever see the videos of what Final Fantasy VII originally? No, and I, yeah, I don't I've want seen to. the pictures. I've seen it, and yeah. it's like I have no interest in it. I don't care. I mean, I I have interest in it's like a failed experiment. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay, like it's, still, it's still it's good like, to go look back at it and be like, yeah. wow, this is what I can't Final believe that this this came this close to being. Yeah. Oh no, absolutely, and so and so kind of you know what i was saying is that the first couple of games were all in that in that range they were trying to outdo but build and improve upon what they already had because that formula was working and they didn't want to rock the boat and then i want to say it was uh six yeah six is where it started to really come into its own um as a series where it was a compelling story driven not that the others didn't have story but it was like heavily story focused but it was still in the in the um, you know, the 2D era. Yeah. And then the jump to 3D was its own, like already Final Fantasy VII had a ton going for it. It was a huge revolution in the gaming industry, but it was also a big leap. And so with Final Fantasy VII to VIII, more to your point, 
they kind of did what they did with Final Fantasy 1 and 2. Yeah. They took the formula that they had, they took the pieces that they had, they might have changed the style up a little bit, but they build they built upon what they already knew. And then with 9, they were like, dude, we've got it's it's getting closer to the end of PlayStation, uh, you know, the the PlayStation 1's life right, cycle. They've already they've learned all they can. Yeah. They know how to trick it out and get the graphics to run as smoothly as possible with tons of sprites and make it look really good. So they went back to basics. They went back to their, you know, to the golden age. To the golden age like, of what was, they had before. But you know what's crazy though? A lot of fans didn't like the fact that they had went back to the whole like medieval I, style. Yeah, I don't fantasy, call it, the I don't call it going stuff. back though. No, but no, but at the time though, I remember when once again we're talking about stories. I know, but bro, I'm just saying like at the time, because you you went from eight to nine, like like we said, eight yeah, felt se- like it was seven the real is very world. techy and yeah. it's very like future post apocalyptic. Eight is basically a variation on that with a little bit of fantasy as far as like the the, the landscape that they're in but they still have all this technology and they're floating yeah. around and it's moving like, cities it's like stuff. they have technology but guns are still a little bit irrelevant but yeah. not really people are the main weapon is still a sword you know who has guns yeah. you know the secondary characters yeah secondary characters or the bad guys the bad guys yeah. that lose but not even Irvine because right. Irvine's like the gun, sniper though. so he's sweet but the soldiers yeah it's usually you know, the bad they have guys the, the villains that they're right. fighting because and the whole gimmick gun, is you got a big sword and we're not talking about any guns they got like assault rifles and they are yep, no threat yeah. this guy's got the sword and like this sword is still better than the gun yeah and, and but then whenever you go back and this is kind of why people probably felt the way that they did is just like he said when you go back to final fantasy 9 if you look at 7 and then you go to 8 it's not a big jarring experience it yeah. feels like it could be an alternate universe yeah. but set in the same realm but when you go to nine it, was it a is a complete throwback. throwback to what it was before and you completely strip out it's a jarring experience to play them back to back but in my opinion that's where it's the final fantasy of that universe the whole point of final fantasy is you are looking at the climactic thing that happens in this universe that makes it relevant in each universe even though they're tied together by some cosmic force like you know uh mogs or whatever you know crystals or that's what they say it's like because all of the games involve crystals at some point in it and yeah they have things that cross that cross over to each game like a look yeah yeah. and sid is in a couple of like there's different little nuanced things those are in multiple different things i know that we're only talking about the games for this era but like something that's that's you know relevant to what we're talking about is like in final fantasy 10 2 um there's a there's a boy in the game and his name is Shenra, right? Right. And they were like he finds he find what's the what's the source of power in Final Fantasy VII again? It's not materia. Uh, the the stuff that they use in Midgard to power the cities. I forgot what it's called. I don't know why I had it in my mind, and then you finished your question, and now I've got Mako energy. Mako, Mako energy. energy. Okay. There we go. Mako I energy. had it on the tip of my tongue, and, and I'm Final, like, dude, I played this game a zillion times. Final but. Fantasy Ten Two. Shenra, he he finds like this source that's like similar to Mako energy. And then they said that uh, you know, Final Fantasy Ten Two is set years before Final Fantasy Seven. So it's like I feel like, you know, with a lot of the new Final Fantasy games, it's like they try to connect the world. I don't like that yeah, personally. I when I, I look agree. at them, I look at them in separate entities. It's their own universe. That's why I said yeah. it is the Final Fantasy. It is the final story, story that's in that important realm. to that universe right. and when it's done it's resolved it's, yeah it's, it's kind of like what uh okay disney talk here but like how in frozen they were saying that elsa and anna's mom and dad they were on the ship that ended up crashing and 
they uh, the mom was pregnant. She was pregnant with Tarzan, and now Tarzan and Frozen. Yeah, it's connected. just they're, it's they're trying to for connections. Yeah, and they're they're like, we don't need that. that. And, then they said, and then like the the ship that ended up sinking is the ship that Ariel found. In the yeah, Little yeah, Mermaid. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like they try to connect all of these movies. Now, mind you, if, if this was the Kingdom Hearts universe, that's I'm what like, I was oh, gonna say. I'm like, okay, yeah. that's that's cool that they're connected. But when you try to connect Disney movies, it's like we're talking about with Final Fantasy. It's like this is their own universe. Yeah. Right? yeah. I'm okay with it when they do it in Dissidia because it makes sense for yeah. the story. I'm okay with they do it with Kingdom Hearts because the characters are directly ported out so that it makes sense in Kingdom Hearts, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's canon in Final Fantasy VIII or Final Fantasy X. Correct. Like, here's a big example. I love Final Fantasy VIII. I do not think that Squall is a little... But if you look at the storyline for how he basically abandons his planet in Final Fantasy VIII, like after the he fights Ultimacia, right. the fucking goddess of all time magic, yeah. and then he goes, "Up, oh, there's some heartless. I'm Audi," and then that's it. Like that to me, it's fine that it makes sense to them in the Kingdom Hearts universe, but I don't accept that as canon for the actual final uh, who he Final is Fantasy as a character versus yeah as a character. And so that's kind of how I feel. I'm okay with the variations and the spinoffs and all the third party stuff taking it in different directions. Directions, but they've moved away from doing that in the spinoffs to now they treat the stuff that's in spinoffs regardless and we're not just talking final fantasy a lot of series that we grew up with as kids are now doing this where they retroactively retcon, try to retcon. fit it yeah and you know what going back to the very first episode dragon ball super growing up man it's like we were introduced to all of this stuff. Like, this is the reason why this is like that. This is the reason why this is like that. Dragon Ball Super comes out and just retcons everything. Like, what? Like, that's not even possible. Like, we were told this. Like, why did y'all change this just for the sake of the story? Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, exactly. And, like, and I, I feel like that's why, like, it's cool when, you know, stuff that we grew up watching or playing, you know, does, you know, make a comeback for nostalgia and everything. Yeah. But at what cost? Because it's like something that we remember growing up and something that we loved. And then they ch- just change something just to change it. It's like, then you got people that's just like, oh, well, why are you complaining? You just need to be happy that this, yeah. that this is back. But it's like, no, it's like. Why can't we? I can just enjoy what it was. Yeah. I don't need to extend on it. Exactly. And and more to that is, you know, for example, and I'll, I know we're we're mainly trying to keep to the PlayStation, early PlayStation. Oh, that's cool, man. We go but, off the loop all but the time. To, to go off of that tangent, Final Fantasy VII is getting a remake. That's right. no secret. We for know 15 it is what years it is. Now. Yeah. For, you know, <laughs> and the joke is just like with Kingdom Hearts until, the, until, until they recently released it, you know, the release date or information about it is the joke was my grandkids will get to play Kingdom Hearts 3. I still, you know, it'll be I'm nice still weary that Kingdom Hearts 3 is coming out until it's in stores. Exactly. Until <laughs> I can have the pre-order and they can say it's coming out tomorrow and until it's in my hands or the disc goes in and it actually starts playing the game until the I knows? sit in See, front of I, that console for two hours downloading this I, game exactly <laughs> saying I compared it to Duke Nukem Forever you know yeah oh yeah See, I, tra- I asked Trav about that he didn't know the, the history of oh, Duke the, Nukem yeah. Forever it's I, vaporware I mean that that's and unfortunately a lot of our a lot of those nostalgia kicks come off as vaporware which is terrible but um, but no, and and, that, and that's what I was going to say is that with the remake, 
it it's the same exact feeling there that we already know it's not going to have a turn-based battle system they're basically going to use the same battle system as final fantasy 15 and kingdom hearts which is an action battle system which is fine and i'm not saying i don't like it and i understand the need to in some way evolve the format of the old school rpg now personally they could have put it one-to-one with just hd graphics and made it the same exact game with extended cutscenes, and i'd play it from start to finish and be just as happy but honestly i feel like 100 of people would have there was no yeah. need to change the battle system but it's because they think that they do they're and wrong that's, but, that's no but that's the problem that's what makes that's what makes all these nostalgia like you said banks the nostalgia gets killed because they feel like they have to make changes to keep up with what Unne- we like you can make changes but not unnecessary changes yeah, but bro what you got to understand too is that for like the last 20 years that's how rpgs have been it's like you know nothing's turn-based anymore we're remaking well actually that's that's a lie and you know what i have one one word that will put that to that whole oh it's not turn-based to bed pokemon name a single pokemon game that has changed the formula in the last 25 years that the game series has been out since game boy i understand where you're coming from but i'm talking about like fantasy rpgs like final fantasy um, but we're saying though, if Pokemon can ride that wave, Pokemon is the most successful selling video game it's the of most all successful RPG time ever. Look, they have yet to change the, the format after 25 years, and it's still a hot seller. There was, exactly. there's no need to change the system. They don't. Need you to can change, change the it from game to game. That's you don't fine. need to change it when you remake a game. Exactly. 100%. Okay, but well, you want to know when this all happened? In my, in my honest opinion, when I think it changed was when Final Fantasy XI came out. Because it's like, you went from Final Fantasy X, Final Fantasy X was like the last turn-based one. Well, no, 12, I, 12 was turn-based. 12 was I'm turn-based. About, I'm about to get to that. Okay. I'm about to get to it that. It was active but, turn-based. But 11 came out, and then 11 was the whole open world thing. Yeah, because so, it was... But nobody about, played it. Kind of similar to Kingdom Hearts and uh, World of Warcraft and whatnot. Then 12 came out. 12 was turn-based, but it played similar to Final Fantasy XI. It was just turn-based, though. See, but in my opinion, and, and this is going to be, you know, probably an unfavorable answer although now with zodiac age it's it's got a second wind and people have learned to appreciate it but i feel like eight is my favorite and 12 is probably my second favorite and specifically because it had the graphics of the playstation 2 era which was like the climax of how really good graphics could be before they turned because 13 is I'm sorry. Yeah. No, everybody, everybody, we everybody all agree to that. Everybody can so, agree to that. Yes. So that being said, that was like the last bastion of hope for what it was like to have really high-end 3D graphics in a game and a bunch of cool systems like the, it was the job board system or whatever at the yeah. time. But... It was still turn-based, and actually, in that one, it was active or passive turn-based, so Thank you could you. turn it on. And in that's the menu. what I was saying. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, if you wanted the classic, the classic you battle could do system, it. but it's like you, you still, you know, moved around. Like yeah, you still how, moved around. And, yeah. and they even it went was back the cl- with thirteen because if you look, if you remember thirteen, even thirteen. I mean, thirteen two was a little bit different, but thirteen one, thirteen one was basically the turn-based version. You didn't run around really in the battle system. It was basically just. A turn-based you battle system with a facelift. Yeah, but I mean, thirteen. I mean, it was okay. Oh, it was okay. I know we're you we're know, getting. We're you getting, know, we we're really do have far. to keep. Yeah. We're going no, too far to into the PlayStation the era. Um, you know what? I had to scratch all this. Final Fantasy. Let's go. Do 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 do. We're rewinding back to the PlayStation era, and you can keep that in there. Too. Uh, yeah, I always but, keep uh, in your do 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 do. Inside 
tell everybody why Final Fantasy VIII was your favorite game. I mean, just pretty much everything that Sing had already said, but piggybacking off of that, I felt like they cre- they create this junction system, and to me, that was the beginning stages for a system like Final Fantasy X implemented, the spear system, which is... And then the job system. To me, all those systems stem from the junction system that came in 8. Then you have a guardian force thing where a lot of people kind of hated on it. Because when you summon them, you know, there's a whole video. My um, reply to that is, okay, you can just skip the video and they, oh, did they allow you, they you to skip to the video nobody's forcing you to watch the 45 second video of the move you're choosing to do so they gave you the option well skip it not you only that skip it. Just but it was them. interactive because if you remember you had to mash a button you could yeah, mash that's what i was about to say well, and it will power up the, yeah you go up to 120 yeah, yeah. Same with the R1 trigger. But they took yeah. that. If you time the R1, the R1 cooking. trigger, yeah, exactly. you had special, and you know, it, it, it was, everybody it was just like thinks he has DR. the gun blade, like but there isn't event. just one gun blade. You no. know, you can upgrade, quote unquote, upgrade your yeah. gun blade and create out of these other things. And when you do your R1 trigger, it, had it different makes attacks. more moves. Yeah. It had, you know, uh, Divine Circle or Dividing Circle or whatever. The first one was Renzo Kuken, and then it, and it expanded into different, more intricate ones. And it was it was a precursor to QTE, you know, quick time events. Right. Where you had to mash it at the right time to affect the gameplay. Yeah. But, so, and then the third thing I want to talk about is Final Fantasy VII had um, side games, if you will. But the Final Fantasy VIII card game, the Triple Triad... It could have been its own it game. Was, it could have been its own game. It was that good to me to where, like, I felt the need to save before I played because I did not want to lose a card. And I made oh, it yeah. a mission to collect every single card. Oh, yeah. yeah because- and then it isn't like you just have nine cards and you can't do anything with it. To your point earlier, no. I can use them with other items, and I can create things yeah, out of them. Yeah, exactly. So you, you had extra use for extra cards. They weren't just unnecessary. I don't nine, think so. Nine, nine was a completely different. Uh, I mean, nine, nine was the was triple the triad card yeah, card the, game. Yeah, it had the card game, but theirs was it was the, the same format. But well, it's because th- and here and then to go back to what you were saying, where all of them have like a system. Yeah, even seven had a system. But when you look at materia. And I know I'm going to get hate for this, and it's going to sound like I hate Final Fantasy VII, and I don't. I just don't think that it's the best Final it's Fantasy. It's not. But in Final Fantasy VII for the Materia system, it was basically the same formula that most other RPGs have. You go to a new area, you get the strongest sword and with the most amount of slots or the most attack power, yep. and you slap in the absolute best combination of Materia, which all that's doing is just adding your ability to use a specific magic skill or summon. That's all it is. With eight, you had... It, it was like you're making a choice actively to give this one character a benefit that the others don't, which a separates out the characters to make them feel like their own people that are everybody. That you are can make them important or unimportant. The choice is yours. One hundred percent. The choice is yours. I will. I will say that that was you know it, it did start with eight because I mean like even at nine it was like that where you know each character felt different and it's like no character felt the same. It's like you could switch them right. in and out. And you would choose, I mean, even, I mean, like every Final Fantasy game, it's like, of course, you're going to choose the characters that you feel are best suited for you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. It's like when I was younger, that's how I was. It's like I only played with the characters that were best suited for me. But it's like as I got older and played RPG games, it's like I like to switch it up, you know, have more variety. And 
one of the things that I did love about Final Fantasy Nine, like this is going to me, is that you they introduced the ability to have four pe- four players on the field instead yeah. of three. So it's like you know you could switch up like how you wanted to do battle and whatnot. Yeah. And uh, I, Trav, I don't know if you was done talking about Final Fantasy Eight. No. But I wanted I wanted to go ahead and start <laughs> talking about. Hold on, I just want to bring <laughs> but, up. Uh, one ahead. more point sorry, about bro. eight, and um, that is the AP system that they had to learn abilities. Yeah, right there to me in itself is is another whole system. Is a whole system. So now we we've got two systems to where you got the junction system, you that, got the GFs, and then you also have the AP thing where now I'm learning abilities and then selecting new abilities to learn. And how do I learn those abilities? I go out and I battle. What does that mean? More gameplay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and, and that was one thing I was going to mention. I have played every Final Fantasy at least five times through start to finish. A- every single one that has come out with the exception of the rare, you know, the ones for Game Boy or whatever, like the odd variants here and there. Yeah. But out of the mainline series, I've played through every single one of them at least five times. And I can tell you that Final Final Fantasy 8 by far is my most total play count hours period and i'll tell you there is literally a game shark code that will reset your play counter back to zero seconds and zero minutes and whatever i have used that code on a number of occasions so that i don't max it out at nine thousand whatever or 999 minutes of game there is a hundred and sixteen hours of regular gameplay in the game Alone. Right out of the game. We're gate. not yeah. talking about you trying to collect all the triple triad cards, or trying to get all the, all the AP stuff. And we're ta- there's a hundred and sixteen hours of gameplay, and you are not going to find that in a game that is coming out right now in 2019. Not it's at all. not happening. Not at all. And even the Final Fantasy remake we were talking about earlier, and obviously all this stuff is subject to change. But they're basically going Telltale Games on it, where they're not yeah. even going to release the whole game at once. It's, it's literally going to be episodes, and yeah. it's going to be forty or six. 60 bucks per episode or they might give you a discount and like season pass oh no out. they're gonna season but the pass very the fact hell that, out of it but the very fact that you can't just go and get and a game, game like yeah. what you have you've had 25 or whatever years it's been since the seven came almost out 30 years. almost 30 years you've had that long to not only make a remake but to make a completed remake where yeah. i can just buy i don't care if it's Dude, eight it came Blu-ray out 22 years ago and, and you're talking about some almost 30 it is I almost 30 25 i agree with him man it's like it's sad because it's like you know when you get that game you're hoping that you know, you're going to get to the open world. I, part, I assumed when I like bought a seven. game, I got the game. Yeah. Oh, but no, but I'm sorry. No, no, but there's a but even if, DLC. Even if you got the full game, it's like, it's not going to be the same experience as the original Final Fantasy. Because remember, it's like once you left Midgard and you got to the open world, it's like that, it was huge. And it's like, you already know when we get this game, it's like, you're not going to be exploring like how we were back in no. Final Fantasy originally. It's going to be the, ep- the episode is going to come out. You play that episode. episode I guarantee two you, they're going to make the game more linear too. It is, like of, they course. Do yeah, now. of course. Of course, that's, not, what, that's the whole. There's reason. not going to be that run around. I got to spend three hours exactly. finding out what to do next. Not so, happening. Finding it, secret stuff. It is going to put a circle around your feet and put point an arrow to the next closest yep. objective. That's probably and, and, what's going to happen. That's exactly what's going to happen. Final, Final Fantasy Ten. 13. Yep. No, it's because not it's Final Fantasy. 10. Final Fantasy Ten was pretty linear too. Not as bad as Thirteen, but it wasn't. But Ten was linear. Thirteen compared to playing Seven, Eight, and Nine. But if you look at the progression of what they've done with the series and this more to the point is we had it good on the playstation era when we grew up is 
kids now are preconditioned to think that a hallway based game like Final Fantasy 13 oh, is the standard hand. where they hold your hand and they show you exactly how to get to the next area yeah. and that in my opinion okay I'm one of the people where as a kid I would still right out of the gate buy the, the strategy, strategy guide, guide and yeah. you know what I did I put it in a pile and I looked through the pictures and I didn't read any of the tips in there until I played through the game all the way through once without any type of help because half the fun of the game is even if it was 116 hours worth of gameplay and it took me 250 hours to figure it out, I figured that shit out on my own. Yeah. And it made me feel so yeah, that cool sense of accomplishment to be able like to go through. About. Exactly. It makes you feel so cool to know that nobody held your hand and you basically spent all this time and you finally figured it out. And and remember, like your buddies would be like, How'd you how'd you get that far? How'd yeah. you get past this? Well, how did you beat now this? you feel important? How did you exactly. beat this boss? Like what like what tricks are like who I did didn't you know use? what to do past this I mean, point. And there was times when i asked uh, plenty lost. of people yeah. like dude i'm st- i mean man, i've been stuck here and i couldn't figure out what to do next it was like we were it's like whenever you've got an office and everybody's sitting around the water cooler the next day talking about the show that just came on last night and everybody's yeah. like oh did you hear bill got killed off in this episode of blah 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 it's like the same thing we're all sitting around as 12 and 13 year old kids talking about oh did you get to this part where you battled this guy yeah, you know yeah. and then we're all trading secrets and stuff i mean back then to put it into perspective you know not to go down the whole you know rabbit hole of we're old and technology is just terrible but like if you look back in the day you know what we had if we wanted to cheat we had tips and tricks in the back of the manual where you paid 5.99 a minute to call them and get them to tell you over the phone how to cheat the internet was so early stages of that i mean cheat code central to throw out an old school name was like the only thing we had and that was literally just other people like us who had a computer and we talked amongst our friends and don't forget i mean like like, unless you bought the strategy guide and like you had a game pro subscription or it was another game and magazine too. game informer I, game informer no game informer wasn't around back then it was uh, oh, game magazine, your playstation magazine and electron electronic gaming monthly right yeah. okay. you had to have one of those and there was also playstation and, underground and playstation underground and it's like they had like these basic strategy guys that didn't go into full very detail. basic strategy but guys it's like, it will tell you what you need to do how you beat this boss all this other stuff but unless you paid that that fifteen dollars for a strategy guide you were screwed like we had just talked about this on uh on another episode about like fighting games like back in the day it's like there was no training mode so it's like, oh yeah your training mode was getting your ass whooped by somebody exactly. way better than you so, and figuring out how to overcome yeah, it so unless you had the mortal Kombat strategy guide it's like you didn't know how to do fatalities it was like you you learn as you go or you heard it through the grapevine you talk with some friends at school and be like oh yeah you got to do this 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 and that in order to hit this. it was oh, a, and, it was an organic underground thing something to learn. something to throw in there for that is now we it, things are notorious for being uh data leaked i mean we have dlc or there's like stuff that the creators have tucked away and hidden on the disc or they hide it in a patch that you download and then you've got hackers that go in and figure out whatever's hidden in the game more to that point i'm literally looking at an article right now that you just reminded me of banks 13 years after Final Fantasy IX's release, they finally found a side quest that nobody knew was not in Tips and Tricks, was not in the strategy guide. Nobody even knew it existed until somebody went through and through some combination of data mining and looking at the strategies of what was going on. It took them 13 years to find a side quest that the original creators said nothing about just to have it be that one lost episode mystery Easter right. egg that nobody knew about I'm that could never happen today i'm definitely gonna have to read this man because i I, i'm glad that 
we're going back to Final Fantasy Nine because now we're talking about my favorite Final <laughs> Fantasy in the series, and it's like I didn't let y'all talk about why y'all like Final Fantasy Eight and everything, and now we're moving on to Nine. Now the reason why Nine is my favorite in the series is because I just love the story. I love the battle. It's a system. great story. I love. I like I said earlier. I love the fact that you had four players on the field at once, and one of my very, very, very favorite moments about this, uh, well, yeah, moments or abilities that was in the game was that it was for two players. Yes. This this was yeah. the first and only, only time still to this that, day that a final fantasy game had two player a two player mode in it now it wasn't like two player co-op where it's like you know both players were playing Running at the same time or whatever yeah. and it wasn't it, like no split screen contra yeah, type of it's like two if two players were playing like when you went into battle it was for two players and one of the reasons why this game was special to me and i love it is because like growing up, I was in the RPG games. My brother, he hated RPG games. He did, detested them. He hated when I played them because he felt like I played them too long and I was preventing him from playing Madden and NBA. But when I found out that Final Fantasy IX was for two players and like he saw the game, he wanted to play it with me. And I kind of feel like that that was a special moment in my life that my little brother wanted to sit down and actually play an RPG game with me. And when he had it, that option. And when it, <laughs> and when it came to like, when, it, when we come home from school, he's like, are we playing final fantasy nine? It's like, don't go any further. Cause I want to help you fight the bosses and everything. He didn't care much about the story, right. but he just cared that he could actually play with me in the game. So that was a cool th- feature that was in the game for me. And Trav, like how you were saying earlier, about like how in Final Fantasy VIII, how you could have learned abilities. That was something that came from eight and carried over into nine because you could learn abilities in Final Fantasy IX as well. Now, I'm not sure. I don't really remember this. And either one of you can correct me if I'm wrong. But in Final Fantasy VIII, when you learned, a, learned an ability, did you keep that ability? Or was it something that it's like once you change like uh, to a new weapon or something? Yeah, no, you that's your it. ability. You learn it as a person. It had nothing to do with weapons. It was all about AP. The you got AP that, in battle. The only thing that you lost in Final Fantasy VIII was uh, if you if you use the draw system right whether it was yeah. from a draw point or another person and if you, you, got a finite if you disable the mat you that was another thing going back too was you could change your your four things you know your fight your magic your gf yeah, you didn't yeah. have to summon you didn't have to have yeah, the ability the to use without, magic yeah without magic you chose yeah. but if you disabled your magic you lost your magic yeah, yeah. you didn't have the ability now now uh, you didn't lose it as a whole, you could just distribute. It went you back could, to your yeah, items, and you whatever. could distribute it but accordingly. It literally, it treated magic as though it was an item that's in your inventory. Whereas in Final Fantasy IX, as you know, it was the mastery system. It right. was everybody basically system, has yeah. preconditioned skills that they can learn. Yep. You put the points into whatever it is, and then and that was what was really cool. I will say that if there's any one thing that I think Final Fantasy IX did better than any other Final Fantasy, it was it got rid of because in in Final Fantasy VIII, like you said, they did have the option for you to like build up your sword or whatever whatever your weapon is you have the ability to expand it and yes there were different like ultimates that you got to use with it um but with final fantasy 9 it completely got rid of the notion that as soon as you hit a new town the first thing you do is go to the shop and you buy the strongest weapon you can for how much gill you've got and you slap it in your inventory it didn't happen because you literally had to use the weapon and get points the more you use it in battle in order to master the skill because then once you got rid of that weapon you still knew the skill 10 did that too i believe right in their system uh yeah for their uh because they use the dress system system. it was kind of like that you had to use the the different dresses to learn the skills that were associated with that i know that's off topic but 10-2 has my favorite 
The dress system is my favorite Final Fantasy system they've ever done. And that was like nine was the precursor to that. Yeah. And nine was also the precursor to what they did with the job system yep. slash Zodiac system. It was the same thing for, um, you know, any of those, you know, uh, like the the board systems where you fill out the information and the more you like, you can make variants of your character and the more you master or the more you learn, you can hone it into one direction. And I think that part of the thing that I like about final fantasy eight, where any character can basically be whatever you want. Although there are, obviously we've done the data mining. Now we've done the research. There are ones that are like best in class or best in slot, but in general, you can still do a ridiculous amount of damage while still choosing your own adventure as it were for who does what job. Whereas other people would prefer it the opposite way where basically one character is skilled only at one thing or every character is interchangeable because like you said you can have a character that i just think he looks cool or his storyline's awesome and so i want him to be in my party regardless of whether or not he's actually specialized in that specific skill yeah. um so you you get the you get two different camps as it were you get the people where they want all the characters to basically be the same thing but just look different so they can interchange them battle-wise at least and then you have the other people where they like the fact that like in final fantasy 9 you can't do magic sword with anybody except reiner and uh i mean steiner reiner steiner and uh vivi that's the only choice you have if you want to make them a spell sword you're using those two characters but then you've got the people from the other camp where they want to be able to take any two characters and do those skills because they think one character is stupid or they don't like their story or whatever so I don't know. There's different ways to take it. And I think that's what one of the best parts of, yeah, I think that's one one of the best parts about Final Fantasy is, is although they did experiment and there's very different experiences that you get, which kept it fresh in the older era of games. I think that as you progressed out of that era and went into the PlayStation 2 and eventually 3 and now 4, the further that they went, it was like, in the beginning, they had one formula for the Super Nintendo original Nintendo. Then they started to experiment hardcore once they got from like 7 through 9. They experimented even more than that from like 10 through 12. And then once it hit PS3, they basically, if you were to compare it to it, it, it almost looked like an evolution. And then it looks like right as soon as they hit the PS3 what, era, they what threw was the everything point out and in, started over. Yeah, to me, it was the, what was the point of the experiments then? Because now, well, you didn't, you're you didn't not using anything. anything. Yeah, yeah, you just took the data and threw it in the trash. Yeah, because now you didn't do anything. Yeah, with it. now now if you look at Final Fantasy 13 or onward, there's really nothing other than the fact that you know that it's made from Square and it's got that polish. Yeah. There's nothing that really defines it compared to other games. That's why. And here's here's a good example of that. In the PlayStation 1 era, the only game, in my personal opinion, that came close to feeling like a Final Fantasy but wasn't was Legend of Dragoon. Right. That's the only one that came anywhere close to, you could sneak it in there and say, this is Final Fantasy 8.5, and, and people would believe you, you know, or this is Final Fantasy 8 and 3 quarters, you right. know, and that's what it is. Somewhat. Uh, somewhat. Because it, it flowed. And that was because they were trying to capture that lightning in a bottle that they had with Final Fantasy 7 and Final Fantasy 8. But when you go to... PlayStation 3, definitely, and definitely PlayStation 4 era as well, you get to the point where, you know, what's that other one? Lost Odyssey? Is right, that the one Lost for Xbox? Odyssey is the Xbox That's one. basically another Final Fantasy 13. Well, it's, I never, it's I along never, those lines. I never played that It's game. not good. It's, it's not. not. I heard it was very long, though. It is long? It is long? That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> it is long, but it's not a good game. Graphic-wise, great. Storyline-wise, it's pretty, it's got a good story. Yeah. I can't lie about that. But gameplay-wise, once again, it's linear. 
The, the battle system is boring. Boring as hell. And, and it's just one of those things. Well, I'm just pl- I, I'm on robot mode playing Yeah, I'm it, mashing X through all the cutscenes Because nothing is happening. Nothing, yeah. nothing is happening in this game. That's worth watching. And that's that's what So I'm, even though 8 and 9 and all of them they're turn-based? Yeah. I'm still intrigued because they were doing there was other things involved. And I don't think that they have that type of other than like I said the polish. I mean, it's clear that Final Fantasies no matter what system they're on, whether and we all know it's about the be debacle of it being on yeah. Xbox now, but it doesn't matter what system it's on, you're always going to see at least until they no, go downhill I, or I they still die believe off. Final Fantasy should be a PlayStation exclusive. I do. But I I'm don't saying, understand how Sony allowed Square and more money, man. I, 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 I don't agree. Money. But what I more so meant is it doesn't matter what system it's on. Square is going to polish their game, and it's going to be polished in a way where you could probably pick it up and know that it's a Final Fantasy just based on the artwork and whatever. And however, hair. yeah, and, but however, <laughs> there are so many other because because Square has like dumbed down or diluted what the brand means now right. it's easier for other people to mimic it and get close yeah whereas yeah. before other than dragoon like i mentioned there pretty much isn't anything else that didn't come out of square's wheelhouse that, like they were that good games it. there were but good they games. were still lower on the pedestal than it was the final fantasy as an rpg and you can now, pick up the two different if we're if we're comparing final fantasy 15 to another rpg that's on the ps4 um there's not that much of a difference there's not and, that much and no and if you not went back all. in time you could say you know um uh, like I'll, I'll try to think of a good example that's not square um the, which is hard to do it's hard to it think is. of a non square rpg uh, enix enix it was it enix yeah enix because they did uh enix, enix. it's uh, they, they did the, they, they did star the, ocean and now enix yeah i mean they did that too but enix was doing the uh the Dragon Quest game. They did Dragon Quest. Right. And that's what I was going to say. So you could take a but game like that. But those are legendary games, though. I mean, But you could take other RPGs of them. from... They're just... They're like Final... Fa- that's their Final Fantasy. Their Final yeah. Fantasy, uh, but you could take other games that were in the RPG you know, genre on the PlayStation 1, and you can compare them to a Final Fantasy on the PlayStation 1. And while the other game might be really good... It was no Final it Fantasy. It was not Final Fantasy. What, what and did, you could tell. What? Because you had uh, Chrono Cross. You had... Uh, Although those were all yeah, Square. Those, the, yeah, um, those are Square... But they came out before. But what I mean is, you could compare a, 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 a an RPG that was made by a company that was not SquareSoft. Uh, uh, which we call the, the Lunar well, Games. Well, well yeah, yeah but those were ports over from uh, Sega Saturn. And yeah. Stuff, so that well, was really... specifically the first. I don't know if Lunar Two was a port. Over. It was okay. It was from Sega Saturn, but but more but so. But who to the made point, Bright Fencer? Square. Square made Square, Bright Fencer yeah, too. And Vagrant so. Story was Square. And Threads of a, Fate was Square. Right. It's all Square. What about, right. <laughs> what about what about Wild Arms? Squad Arms was Atlas, I believe, or Working Designs, which Atlas, is the same they, company. There you go, because then you they had the they had the Alundra games. But, but Wild, Wild Arms, Arms. can't Wild Arms can't hold a candle, of course, to Final Fantasy. And I mean, that's pretty much what he's saying is that. What about Breath of Fire? Who was that? It's not Square. I uh, I know all these answers, but of course, on the spot, I can't think yeah. of it. Let me just look but, them up. I mean, but while he's looking that up, like going back to Final Fantasy Nine, Capcom was uh, Breath oh, of yeah, Fire, Capcom. and Wild Arms. I was wrong. It was. Um, I mean, they've done reiterations of the Wild Arms series, but uh, Ark the Lad was also from the same group that did Wild Arms. Um, it well, was Ark Sony, the Lad's a great. It game. was Sony. Those were Sony first party games originally, right. and then they pushed them out to the the you know the um, Ubisoft, Age Tech, okay. XC games all and and of the variant obviously it wasn't atlas but atlas is one of those and like uh what's the other one nis or whatever i forgot always forget it it's the other one that makes a lot of those 
anime import games from Japan, like NIS Media or whatever. Okay. Um, but it basically, the long and the short of it is there are other publishers or whatever that do that. But it all comes back to the only people that were really competing on the high, b- big budget titles with Final Fantasy at the time was Sony themselves. Yeah, but, you know, going back to Final Fantasy Nine, another reason why I liked it is because, like I was talking about earlier, how it had that old school throwback feel to it. Like the earlier Final Fantasy games, like I, I loved the fact that every character had a class, you know, like how y'all were saying earlier yeah. about how in Final Fantasy seven, it was like, you know, pretty much everybody was the same person. It's like, you know, yeah. they just had they just had different uh, abilities limit, like, or whatever. Di- different limits, to be honest with you. That's yeah. all the, all the characters, you know, they had different attacks, you know, and their weapon range. was different. Yeah. But, but you could slap the same materia on any character and, they were and the put same. them in your reserve. Exactly. And you're the, going the same way. Exactly. But then you were saying like with Final Fantasy VIII, it's like everything, everybody was different because they, you know, you had the different weapons and you know, the abilities that you go learn and everything like that. And for me, going back to Final Fantasy Nine, it's like with the classes, like from the older games, like you had the black magic. You uh, Vivi was the only person that could do the black magic. And then you had the summoners, uh, Aiko and uh, Garnet, who could use the white magic and that they could summon monsters. And then you had blue magic. I, I don't know if I'm saying his name right. I, I've never said it. I think it's like Quina or Kuna. Quina. Quina, there That's we go. That's usually what most yeah. people say is Quina. He had the blue magic. So it's like, and then uh, Steiner, he was the warrior, then Zidane was the thief. So it's like, that was one of the things that I loved about the game because it's like, you could always just switch it up like, who you wanted to use and everything, and again, but it also it also more so stressed that each character was a different entity exactly. that other games previously interchanged, and that made it feel more like you were making decisions that really impacted not just the story but the battles that you were putting these right. characters through. And then, and then let's not forget. I mean, like even though we all have you know our favorite Final Fantasy games, it's like the music in all of the games. Well, that's what is, I was going to bring up next because. Yeah. Just because eight's my favorite doesn't mean seven's not good and yeah, nine's, and nine's not, not good or yeah. anything like that. And ten's still a pretty good game, you know. Yeah, when you outside look at the of this era, yeah. but I felt like Final Fantasy eight was the first time where music became a big deal in video games in general. Yeah, where you go and get you. these symphonies, and there's a movie score to the game versus just like some little noises. The music mattered. Yeah, and I mean Final Fantasy seven definitely had um, its you know it started that trend. Final Fantasy seven was the first disc based game they were able to put CD quality music into a video game that wasn't just MIDI files that were generated by the sound chip. Yeah. I mean there was definitely a, a bigger component of the music being orchestral and being really like uh, there was a lot of depth to it that you couldn't previously get across with 16-bit era of games and so on and so forth so i definitely feel like final fantasy 7 started that trend and of course if you played a lot of final fantasy 7 or if final fantasy 7 was your favorite you're going to be able to you know as soon as a song comes on youtube or whatever from final fantasy 7 soundtrack you're going to be able to hum along that's yeah, that's exactly. guaranteed that's going to happen but i definitely agree that in travis's point because partly because Final Fantasy VIII is my favorite, but also because at that point, video game music as a whole started to become its own thing. You know, it, 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 
they they had concerts and they had orchestras that were live performing just, just music just for Final Fantasy VIII. That. Those different things really started to take off with eight, even though the the foundation was probably really lo- laid with uh, you know seven yeah. because of how they integrated with the CD quality music. But really, eight is what took it and ran with it. I remember that you could go into GameStop, like when Final Fantasy VIII first came out, and like you could buy the soundtrack just, for the game, just right? For the game. Exactly. Well, I, I was about to say eight is something that I still listen to, like the soundtrack. What I don't, I don't want to call it a soundtrack, but the score for OST. Like which is if you play a little snippet, I related to. I, I know where that is in the game. That's yeah. how important yeah. the music was. That I can know you could play the music, and I know where it is in the game. Why it's relevant to the game? Yeah, how it fit in with the story. and all that Just stuff. Like, and like for me, Garnet song, man. It's well, like, and I was gonna bring up Eyes on Me too, because that's. Garnet's song is Eyes on Me 4 9. Yeah. You know, yeah. like they're both the big songs. But Eyes on Me was nominated for a Grammy. For real? A Grammy. Yes, I didn't know that. It was not, like over here, it may not have been on pop radio and stuff. In Japan, Japan this huge. is one of the biggest songs. It was a good song. song. It's a great song, it's a really too. Good song. Nominated I mean, bro, for a Grammy. Thing, and I mean, it all stemmed from, like, it was made for the game. It wasn't, it isn't like Kingdom Hearts, where, like, where, she, yeah, um, um, she's a popular Utah artist. Makes, Those are her yeah. songs. Now they've changed the beat and all that yeah, stuff and, to fit Kingdom Hearts. But those are her songs. It's not like that. No. This song was written for this game. Yeah. And that's why... Same with Garrett's song. It's written for the game, and it means something in the game, that Garnett. song. Yeah, Garnett, sorry, I'm sorry. Garnett, that, that it was, means something was, was in the like game. Garrett, yeah, yeah. Garnett and I I agree. I think that, again, as I said before, th- when, when Final Fantasy VIII became a, uh, you know... It became its own soundtrack and and like you said you could pick up the soundtrack alongside the game if you went to GameStop or whatever or at, actually at the time I think it would have been you know electronic boutique for us but well, uh well, because, or back when EB was a thing but yeah when you could buy the disc and listen to just the soundtrack that games before then didn't put that much emphasis on the music. stuff into the music yeah well man when you think about it man it's like Final Fantasy 8 was like the first mainstream Final Fantasy game. I mean, like, Final Fantasy VII laid the foundation for the series. And it got hyped up afterwards. Yeah, it got hyped up afterwards. But yeah, yeah, but it's like, when Final Fantasy VIII was coming out, it's just like, okay, how can can this game be better than Final Fantasy VII? Like, what are they going to do to make this game huge? And I will admit that when Final Fantasy VIII came out, like, the marketing, like, it was everywhere, man. It was. So it's like, and same thing with nine, and same thing with ten. And then so on and so on with all of the the newer installments in the series. It's just crazy to think like, you know, back when we were kids that it's like, you know, this single RPG game would change how RPG games are supposed to be. And the, it set the bar for sure. I mean, they're the, the, only, the only thing that I'm, I kind of hate about uh, this this episode that we're doing is that I really wish that we had somebody here that. You that could you know talk about Final Fantasy Seven because it's like you know you guys are talking about Final Fantasy Eight is your favorite and well, we're still not. and I and I know yeah. we're still we're still you knowledgeable know, in yeah, it. We're still, as, yeah, it's just we not are, our favorite. So we're wish, not, we're not wish fighting that, for it. I wish yeah. that there was somebody here fighting for Final Fantasy Seven because Dude, there's ten million other people. That's what I was gonna say. We're no, fighting for I know. it. Nobody about, else is I'm making a podcast. I'm talking about right now. I get what you're saying. I wish that there was somebody here in this studio. They're part of the masses. Yeah. So their opinion is part of the masses. 
I've never met anybody who said my fi- my favorite Final Fantasy was Final Fantasy Nine until until you said it to me. I've probably never. known two people in my entire never. life that nine and is th- their that's, favorite. To me, but that's why crazy. this is so crucial. This podcast because we're talking Final Fantasy Seven is the hot. Sh- game of final fantasy yeah, era of playstation yeah. none of us think that it, it's like it's like saying you know and we'll leave pepsi out of it but it's like somebody saying that coke is the best cola that's ever existed and we're fighting for diet coke and yeah i mean nobody gives a and, shit about that well, speaking, speaking of nine again i mean there was a coca-cola commercial oh, for Lord. final fantasy nine so you know what i'm saying so it's like like um Travis. well nine also had the luxury of coming out a year later and now we're talking about Two Final Fantasies in a row that broke video game quote back unquote box office. Oh when, yeah, I Hands mean, down. I mean, if you look at even if you just look at the production cost, which is yeah, crazy for the time. In Final Fantasy Eight, they spent forty million dollars in advertising. Advertising. Say, and if you want to com- and to compare that, Final Fantasy Seven's whole production budget budget budget. Budget. Final Fantasy VII's whole production budget was $80 million. Right. They spent half of the production budget of the previous installment just to advertise Final Fantasy VIII. Right. And that's, it worked. It did. And it worked. It did, absolutely. But see, I mean, like, that's another thing, too. I mean, it's like, look at all of the people who were introduced to role-playing games because of final fantasy 7 you know what i'm saying it's like i'm not saying final fantasy 7 isn't the most important final fantasy they ever made i'm saying i think 8 is the best game they ever made i don't think yeah. anybody can debate 7 final fantasy 7 is the most iconic and most important final fantasy game that they ever made and ever will be ever to make yes Nobody so can final, argue that. So pretty much Final Fantasy VII is the Hulk Hogan. It is. It, yeah. Games. But what's a, exactly. Final Fantasy VII is Hulk Hogan, but damn it, eight is uh, Ultimate Warrior and nine is Randy Savage. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. I would say that. Or uh, nine would be. Steamboat. How about Steamboat? I give you Steamboat. I would say that seven is Hulk Hogan, then. Eight is Shawn Michaels. No, it has to be in the air. Eight, Shawn Michaels is, is in Hulk Hogan eight is air. Eight Shawn Michaels. Eight, it can't and be Shawn nine, Michaels. It's not in the same air. Nine is Stone Cold Steve Austin. Those are three different oh, airs. Hell yeah. No, these are three different airs. Oh, airs. hell yeah. It, I, I could deal with Andre the Giant, so you say Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant, and Randy Savage, or switch Randy Savage hey, with hey, Ultimate Warrior. But you're taking three different that's eras. No, opinion. that would be like taking seven, ten, and fifteen. Hey, they all wrestled in the same eras. Hogan, no, they Shawn Michaels, no, they Stone crossed Holes into the same Austin. era, and it's only because Hulk hey, look, Hogan wrestled calm, fifteen calm years down, past him. Fuck calm that. Down. <laughs> Because you can't make that comparison. I can do anything in the Matrix, man. It's, it it doesn't work. Now, the comparison fair, doesn't work. And I'm not a big wrestling fan, so you know a lot of the names I recognize, but I don't. I don't follow their whole storylines. But to what little knowledge I do have about wrestling, I would liken Final Fantasy VIII to a heel wrestler or a villain, where there are people that like it. But the numbers are slim. Right. Let's be fair. Final Piper. Fantasy VIII was great. So, so Final Fantasy VIII is the Rock. Roddy Piper. Yeah, because the Rock. At, because at the, when Final you when you when you really look at it, um, you know Final Fantasy VIII, although it was still well liked above other yeah. games in the series. I mean, I, I'm looking at the numbers now. It says when Final Fantasy VIII came out, it sold fifty million dollars in sales within the first 
basically two months of the of the game or uh, coming out um so when you really look at it was it a commercial success yes was it reviewed to review well yes heads and leagues above all the rest of the games at the time but as we've said numerous times there's nobody realistically out there there's a very small percentage even of final fantasy players that are like my favorite is eight or, or my favorite thing, is my nine. favorite is nine Most they're either of them gonna go say seven, to seven or they're gonna say ten Exactly. And that's because 10, let's be fair, 10 did the same exact thing, but on a smaller scale with better graphics as what 7 did. Yeah. Because you went from 2D to going to Final Fantasy 7 being the first 3D with CD music and blah, blah, and blah, once all those again, bells and whistles. Op- and then 8 did- is known for its opening video. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 10 is another one that's known for the cutscenes and the opening and, video and as far as... They, that was the first one that they did. It was on. It was the first one on DVD. Right. They were able to pack in full voiceovers, which mm-hmm. none of the other games had. Um, Though that's the biggest knock on 8 is the lack of voiceovers. Yeah. Uh, well, and I agree. I but mean, that's, the, not, that's 9, too. But at though. the time, think of how few games that were out there that had voiceovers. But there was... There were some. There was. That's the thing. When seven seven gets the pass because it didn't there exist at the any, time. Yeah. Nine. Nobody's really putting that on that pedestal like you are. So therefore, there nine also people. gets the pass. Eight gets knocked on all the time for because not having voiceovers it. because the possibilities was there. Yeah, they just didn't do it. And I agree. And I'm not complaining about it. I'm not. I'm not. I, I I'm just saying I know that's okay a knock. Like not it, no, that's a knock on the game. That is that is definitely a detraction that other people will take towards the game. However, I will say that, that that's what I mean by there are these like turn-of-the-century changes that were made. Whenever they switched from 2D to 3D, a CD-based music quality, orchestral, you know, musical numbers, blah, 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 long cut scenes, all that other stuff. That was a pinnacle of Final Fantasy right. VII. And the same happened, but to a smaller effect of them going to ten, where it was on a much more powerful system. It had much better graphics compared to the previous generation. It had voiceovers. The cut scenes were full CG. And not to say that they weren't in the previous ones, but this was No, like, they were amazing when this they came was very out. close. This was the first time where when you went out of a cut scene and you went into actual live gameplay and it, it looked was very pretty, close yeah very close you know what i mean at least to us at the time um now it's indistinguishable uh, indistinguishable in most games but in seven eight and nine they were still using basically like a uh isometric or parallax background that you had a 3d character that cut walked scenes on a were literally just cutscenes. Exactly. that's just cut what they were, were literally just a 3d CG they weren't a unit. scene that literally led right into where you were standing correct and compared they did to try now. to integrate yeah, that a little bit in now, final fantasy yeah. 7, Final Fantasy 8, and Final, Final Fantasy 9, right. they did do it a little bit, like in the intro, whenever you watch the first part of Final Fantasy 7, and then they zoom in on the train, yeah, and, yeah, then, yeah. You know, and then Cloud right. jumps off of it, and all of a sudden it's in there, but you can visually tell there is a difference, difference but right. in 10, they made that much more subtle, and that was another one of those things where the reason I feel people hark so much on those two is because it was such a big change from the previous game in the series. Final Fantasy 6 versus Final Fantasy 7, night and day difference. Final Fantasy 9 to Final Fantasy 10, night and day difference. So, and not just because the systems that they were on or the era that they were produced, but those How they formatted the game. Yes, and and to that same point, um, and I say that a lot, I don't know why I keep using that phrase, but um, uh, to to further that uh, with the same change with 13 being the first one on PlayStation 3, it was the same thing, except it was just a 
the downgrade. Yeah. It was a turn of the century for, oh, look at these well, graphics that's what you on PlayStation it was 3, be. but that's all that they did. All they did was make the graphics better, but then they changed. They made changes that were for the worse, not for the better. Right. So 7 and 10 got props for changing it up, but being good changes, and then 13 was just a Groundbreaking, not just good changes, groundbreaking changes. Absolutely. Changes that defined what RPGs What you're were looking for time. in a game. Yeah. Once Final Fantasy and I hate to skip you know, past the PlayStation era, what we're supposed to be keeping it to. But I, so when seven came out, that's the expectation you expected. When 10 came out, that was the expectation now. Yeah. When 13 came out, there was no longer, well, this is what we expect because no. nobody felt that way. No. You know, and that's why, that's why I say seven is the most iconic Final Fantasy. It, it's not the best in my opinion, but it's the most iconic, second followed by 10, because it's set a precedent for what we want in a game now. Absolutely. Yeah, I will say, I mean, like, 10 is my second favorite Final Fantasy game, just because of the story and the cutscenes. where The story's like, great. The, the, the story the is cut, good. Cut Waka's scene, a great character. The cutscenes Titus, Oh, bro. He Titus can suck is, my Titus balls. Is cool, he is man. a trash main Titus character. Is cool, man. You're just no, you're just hating. 2 is better than ten oh, because now, now you're going too no, far. No, no, you're the, going too the far. The dress system. It doesn't the, matter about the, the dress. dress yeah, it does no, matter. It the story's better. No, Yuna all day over Titus. No, all day over Titus. Now, can I interject just one one quick point? We all say names differently from how we grew up, but the Titus. fact that it's Titus or that did you know it's I not Zidane, it's Zidane is how officially canon it's supposed to be said. That disgusts me. It's Zidane until the but, day I but die. But you know the crazy thing though, <laughs> it's like if we would have had like cutscenes where we actually heard what how, their names were, how yeah. they were pronounced, it it would have worked because well that just goes to the anime like state. Ryu and Ryu. That goes to the anime st- standpoint though. What's it called? We say Midoriya. They do not say Midoriya in the Japanese version. You know, I can't say it. First of all, they talk a lot faster than us. So I mean, and they have an the way they talk, and they have an accent <laughs> that I can't try. So the way that they say the name, it's not Midoriya. They they don't really have um. What is that called? Uh, Midoriya. Uh, is that syllables? Midori. Syllables. They Midori. don't really have syllables. It's a natural, smooth flow into the nut. Yeah, we have enunciation. So we're just going to naturally say it different over here. Titus, yeah. Titus. And I was going to say, whatever. It, it, it's really irrelevant, but I just want to throw that out there. Like you said, if we didn't have games that had voiceovers and even whenever 10 had voiceovers they specifically left it out because that was one of the last couple games where you could name your main character right and they they which was very smart on their part they never said his name but you would never if you didn't really think about that in the game you'll never even notice and it doesn't seem artificial that they left his name out it doesn't matter that they they never said it in a right way right i'm trying to think uh it was something about somebody's name or like Eris. Yeah, Eris and then well that was different because in Final Fantasy VII, whenever they translated it, Final Fantasy VII, as iconic as it is, is very well known for having what they call English, which is where they they do a very bad transliteration of whatever the word and verbiage and 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 things are. Like these these guy are sick. You know what I mean? Like whenever you talk to the guy in the slums. They talked about that when they were doing, you know, Final Fantasy VIII taking it from the Japanese version, the English version, they made sure that they didn't make those mistakes again. And they spent a lot of money on making sure the translation was as close as it could be. You're never going to get it. We're talking about an era where before Final Fantasy VIII, 
even with Final Fantasy VII, um, outside of anime itself, and even then it, w- it was still a blossoming market, the way that translations were done is they basically hired a handful of people that spoke the native language from whatever Asiatic country it was, and then they put a couple of Americans in there, and they just had them do a raw translation of it, and then they hand-cherry-picked the, the, the jokes that literally made no sense culturally. That's right. all they were really doing. They just took out the bare-bones ones that were blat- blatant in your face, this doesn't make sense, Americans will never get it, and they slapped in the closest equivalent that they could. But it was there the market for it was mainly just anime being translated. Video games translation was still in its infancy. And so n- not only is there the human error of people making mistakes translating it, but it wasn't like there are these big production companies where th- all they do is it doesn't matter what game you give them, they translate it. Whereas now Square has its own translation localization team yeah i was about to say like their, their own section were. in the building that this is their job exactly and at the time yeah i mean we're we're talking when final fantasy 7 came out it was like 100 to 120 people was the entire development team there's probably 80 people that are just in translations department now for square yeah almost the entire production budget of people worth of working on the whole game was is now dedicated just to the translation so it's definitely a different time um but yeah, no, I I totally agree. There's a there's a lot of that that po- tied into Aerith versus Eris and so on and so forth. Which I still to this day, it's Eris. I don't care. You yeah can yeah call for Aerith sure. All you want. Yeah. It's I Aerith think everybody our age group calls Eris. What was she named in Advent Children? Aerith. Oh, that's so what they, I thought. So that's what I thought. Kingdom Hearts. They used that was the first one that they changed it to was Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom Hearts right. was the first. Yeah, she to was, Aerith. She was Aerith, Aerith Gainsborough, they and then they changed her. it from that. Or, I mean, they used that on all the new subsequent. That's something else that I think makes this Final Fantasy VII remake thing still a thing. No other Final Fantasy has had this many spinoffs. Ten had ten two, and like that was it. And that 13. was even eh, thirteen had yeah. thirteen was supposed two, to be bigger, 13. but one thirteen two, like nobody cared about it and but, all these other things they they put a cut to it how there has been and there's been spinoffs of seven that we forgot about what about um, dirge of cerebus dirge of cerebus there literally one. has been up to probably about 10 spinoff video games in some form not to mention there's ovas there's yeah, a the full animes game. but but i do want to touch on the fact and i know we're staying to playstation era but that all started with 10 2 right when 10 2 came out yeah. people didn't even fathom the possibility of there being a sequel to a final, to a final fantasy, fantasy. yeah because yeah. it was literally meant to be like we and said before me the final it's fantasy like, in that universe i like 10 2 but, but 10 2 was an after 10 2, yeah, the, the biggest problem that people had with 10 2 is that they really tried to focus on the like K pop ish, like yeah. girl centric, right. whatever, yeah. you know, and that's not a problem. The game was great. I, love I that personally stuff, think though. it was good, but, and you know what? And it, I get it, and see, I get it. You're that shaking too, your head cause... now, you're shaking your head no now, but right now, what is Hatsune Miku and all of that? It's the same thing. It's K poppy idol stars that people make their waifus. If they release yeah. that game now as a, as, as a thing now, it's it hot. would sell like hotcakes. The only reason it didn't at the time is because it was before its time just like many other final fantasy changes social that media was not i was hyped i was hyped when it came when it well got yeah because you're such it, a 10 fan when though. it got announced and i was just like oh snap because it's like everybody wanted to see spoiler alert what was going to happen dude if they the ain't played 10 by now bro, there's some people you gotta you gotta <laughs> I'm think sorry has your daughter the spoilers played 10? are off the has limits your bro. Played 10? <laughs> the game came out has your daughter, has yeah, your like, daughter played final fantancy 10 no, what if she listen to? What if she no, listen to this? But and I like, just can't. Titus, be, Titus is dead. I, yeah. What, what more do you want from but me? But bro, I can't be like, how dare you ruin the game for her? Yeah. You. Have-
Well, but like, no, but still, you ruined the ending to like, the Matrix. Everybody, everybody <laughs> wanted to know. Like, it's like, was Titus going to come back? Because it's like, I'm not going to lie, I cried when Titus started disappearing. At right, the end yeah. Of the and I want, I want to go back and touch on that later, but. Eris was much was hands down the saddest death in I a game. I didn't cry for that though. I oh yeah, dude. I put the disc down and want, didn't play it for almost a week. Well, you want to know why? So it's like Titus, he's disappearing. Eris, you know, it's like you're watching her. Hey, hey, Trav's daughter. We was in the swimming pool. That's what his daughter. Was doing. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what she did. The same she way she tried to float on her back, and she just Aaron went down. But in. that's why it gives you that Titanic Jack effect where now we're watching them leave slowly now, hold on. and not only and that now, like, and, and then no like game. you see her and see her and see her and see her a little bit and Let now she's gone this. and she's gone forever and just think Let- about it they didn't kill any ca- every other rpg had taught you that you get knocked out you get kicked down yeah nobody but you died come back, but this was like your even character you got that, a whole I, mean, I had the game shot i had the game shot so she never after died that nobody died she exactly. never died in my game the next closest game that killed anybody another chart. spoiler alert is in is when lavitz died <laughs> In Legend of Dragoon, right? And, and again, another. Hey, well, mirror hey, thanks for spoiling that for me because I've never beat Legend of. Dragoon. Well, well, that's because that's still a twenty-year-old game. Get, get with no. Legend of Dragoon's one of those games. Once again, where when you think of RPGs, you're just going to think Final Fantasy. You have to be in the RPGs to have played. Legend well, let me of ask you guys. Yeah. You know this. what I mean? Did you guys play Final Fantasy VII when it first came out? No, I didn't. I but, did y'all, but did y'all already know that Eric was going to die? No. no, let me tell then, you. See, that's that's the reason why I said like it wasn't as sad to me. You or knew as emotional. How could I you already, have known? I already knew she was gonna die because, bro, when I played Final Fantasy Seven, was it see, like nine Final, was already out? Final Fantasy Nine wasn't out yet. Okay. By the time I played Final Fantasy Seven. Final Fantasy VIII had just come out. Okay, so time. that was two and years so, afterwards. And you got to think, video game magazines look, okay. and whatnot. Well, I had older cousins who played Final Fantasy Seven, so I already knew that. Aerith died, so it wasn't as emotional to me like it was to you guys. Right. But playing like Final Fantasy Nine and for the first time and seeing stuff happen and not not being spoiled. Same thing with Final Fantasy Ten, where you find out the stuff with Yuna, Orin, and Titus and Jet. It's like you know that's why I was telling you when we did the one podcast with Kingdom Hearts. It's just like yeah, it's like they they released the opening video for the game and it's just like no i don't want to watch it i don't want to hear about it it's just like i want to experience it for the first time when i finally play the game it's like it's like since all that stuff happened back in the day with final fantasy i don't like to be spoiled for games man you know what i'm saying okay so i get what you're saying so do you with that being said though you know drifting away from the spoiler stuff let all of us talk about our first time experiencing seven eight and nine because the first time i played seven because you were asking did i already know i never even heard of final fantasy i was i didn't have a nintendo growing up i was a sega genesis kid um i never even played an rpg i played final fantasy seven because i went over my sister's friend's house and he was like her dad was like you want to play some video games because i was bored and he sat me on his bed and he was like i got this game final fantasy 7 he put it in so he liked playing with kids too and and that's how i um got to play 7 and i didn't understand it like i died immediately because i didn't understand anything about equipping or anything like that until I finally got the game myself. And then how I got on the Final Fantasy VIII was I got Brave Fantasy Musashi. It came with a demo. demo. I played the demo. 
And I was like, holy crap, this game compared to the last game is insane. So I get Final Fantasy VIII. By that time, Final Fantasy IX isn't out yet. Yeah, Final Fantasy VIII didn't come out until 2000. Until 2000. And it was oh, thought, nine, no, nine came out in 2000. Nine came out in 2000. That, that's what, that's no, what, sorry, I misspoke. Yeah, that's what he Seven meant. Seven came out in 1997. Eight came out in 1999. And then 2000 was nine. So I was already, I had already played seven and eight before. I was waiting for nine to come out. Like at that yeah. point, now I'm into video games like that. Yeah. So now I'm waiting on nine to come out. And then, of course, I, I, Get my parents there, to get it for me. Was there a demo for nine? If there was, I wouldn't I have played it. it. I don't remember a demo. I'm, I think there was, but it definitely wasn't anything big at the time. Um, with Final Fantasy VII, it was included as a demo on a few different discs, uh, like the Pizza Hut discs yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah. And Holy got crap! The same I forgot about Pizza Hut doing the PlayStation. Yeah. See, demo. and that's another Crash thing Bandicoot that to when you right got like there. the children's personal pan pizza yeah. thing. Yep. And and the thing is, is like back then the integration with mascots. We don't really have mascots now for gaming like we did back then. Right. Yeah, there course. are certain iconic characters that are like the main characters of games that either have been a mascot for 20 30 years or i was about to say i can't i can't tell you a new mascot because there isn't no there really aren't there any. is it's no more crash bandicoot it's just iconic characters it's just now. iconic characters like, that people bring to the forefront like, like uh little big planet had uh what was the sack boy yeah i don't but, but, but even that but uh, sack, it, let, let's go into the history books and say are, is anybody gonna remember sack boy no, no, no. but everybody remembers crash, crash everybody remembers Super sonic mario, right, yeah. mario everybody yeah. remembers all those characters you know, spyro you know what that's exactly why they're all in Smash. <laughs> well, but that's the thing, though. Except Laura Croft. When, and when you're a company that creates a game that is so iconic, that character becomes synonymous with who you are. Sega didn't come out and Sonic was already a thing. The game was so hot, it became synonymous it became with their Sega. Mascot. Yeah, exactly. Same and way with Mario and Nintendo. The game was so hot and they were known for that game. I mean, let's face it, Nintendo was a physical, like, playing card making company yeah. right. before they started making video games, and they dropped everything once Mario and the rest of their games started to take off, and now it's been 40-something years, I would say, yeah. since they originally came out with the concept I, of the Mario. The original Mario came out in 84? Yeah, it's so the same thing goes back uh, with Capcom because originally they had Captain. Uh, I'm sorry, yeah, Captain Commando was like supposed to be like their mascot, right? But he didn't get big enough. It's, Mega Man was like their first mascot. To me, then it became Ryu. Like, Ryu. Those are the only two. Mega Man and Ryu are like the mascot. But to me, at the end of the day, when I think of Capcom, I do think Mega Man. Yeah. I do think of Mega Man hands down, even though the creator of it is no longer with Capcom. Right. But um and, and that's what I mean is like back then the advertisers could get it was easy for Pizza Hut or whoever it was to really tie in and get the the children's whatever demographic to get the games in front of you and get you hyped for something like that. If today what would what would Pizza Hut possibly do if they tried to come out with a demo disc now? What are they going to do to associate? We had Pizza Hut commercials with Crash Bandicoot eating the pizza backwards. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah, like those, yeah that's those when are the stuffed crust. Exactly, stuffed crust. That's when they came the crust out with first. The disc. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And those are things that they could not get away with now. And so the way the advertising is is built in, and the way that you learn about games now for the generations that are coming out now is night and day different to what it was back then. And I mean, granted, I mean that's just the way life works. Things change over time but i feel like when i was a kid i could go into a 
video game store, like Electronics Boutique or whatever, I could walk in and pretty much from the back of the box information and the artwork on the book on the front and the publisher that made it, I could walk out of there with a good game. Yeah. Now you walk in and all the artwork it's looks a 50, great 50 and it's shot. still going to yeah. be a one out of five star know. game when you yeah. play it. Just because we had even brought up on an earlier podcast where we talked about, uh, I think it was a crash, Assassin's Creed Unity, where it's... I showed out $60 and you gave me a broken game. Yeah. That's the problem. Well, I mean, like. That did not happen. Going back, back to what then. you were saying, saying about like how you could go into a store back in the day and look at something and know if you wanted to get it or not. It's like, thankfully, in today's world, if you go into a store and you see a cool, you see a game that looks cool, luckily you can go on your cell phone and look up a video review of it real quick or, or do some research. I, mean, on I, do I agree. even do that with movies. I do agree I do that with that. that. I do but not watch that. a movie until I look up reviews on the movie. Not in the theaters, but if I'm scrolling through my stick yeah. or something like but that, here's I'm reviewing thing. that movie before I invest an hour and a half into it. But here's the thing. While you can do that now, the the control of the media now is not what it was back then back then there was no there was no money in it to say a game was good in game informer in order to sell said game the game was going to sell either based on advertising or based on how good the game was on its own merits but now you can read a review on ign and nobody takes it seriously you can read one yeah, of the game right. informer, the review, nobody takes it yeah seriously. because a lot of the reviews now like you said it's like they're paid for yeah, it's an advertisement so but but see that's the thing though like that's why i look for real reviews by consumers but this that, is why we're gonna bring people yeah, like, real reviews yeah and like and like i'll go on youtube and watch video video reviews before i even go out and buy a game by real reviewers because i know the real reviewers are going to be like well this is why the game is good this is why it's bad but you have to 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 find a reviewer that you relate to as far as we like the same kind of content so my if and you still have to be careful because even if you agree with somebody now, if that person gets bought out by a company, they're never going to say anything about Man, it about on the, social yeah. media or anything. Right. And you're now they are just another shill. And they're and not only that, but the line between what we say is a real reviewer and what we would say is like a personal journalist, that line is becoming more and more blurred because of so-called social media influencers. There are people that are basically riding that line between working for a company and working for themselves. And you cannot tell if they're secretly shitting on a game because even though it's good or hyping up a game that's not i've seen i mean they do the same thing for movies it's like uh i mean prime example like look at rotten tomatoes yeah yeah it's like they'll they'll crap on like a really good movie and that, like Aquaman, for example, like they crapped on it, but and it's now like, it's a bestseller. It sold the most out sold, of any DC anything. It sold more than Justice League. Well, of course, that's the not fir- hard. In though. the first in the first week that it came out, though, you know what I'm saying. So it's like that's why. I, but Aquaman had a lot, and I know we're getting way off way topic. But of Aquaman there, but... had a lot going for it. The, what's the best thing about Justice League movie? What was the best thing about the Justice League movie? Uh, Aquaman. That's it. That's all it had going for it. So right there off the bat, you had people, okay, well, this was the only good thing in Justice League. It's like if they came out with, uh, it it would be like if they came out with Avengers first, and then they came out with the Iron Man movie afterwards, and people are like, this Iron Man guy is great. It's like, well, duh, you already got hyped up from seeing all his smart-alecky stuff that he did in the Avengers. Right. Yeah. But but let's go back to Trav's question. Going back, I mean, you said everything, like, you know, you were introduced to Seven, then Eight, then Nine. For me... I played seven when it first came out over at my cousin's house 
And this, I want to say this was the first RPG game I had ever played. I didn't know what I was doing. And I said, this game sucked. Yeah. So I gave of up. Of course, because it's so, hard. So, so I gave up on it. And then when uh, another one of my cousins had got a PS1, he had Final A PS1 or a PlayStation? The PlayStation. Okay. Yeah. PS1 PS, was PS1 came. Yeah. PS1 came out later. I, I still call them both. Uh, PS1s, but the PlayStation, what they call the PlayStation PSX. The PSX. Even though you right. technically, the PSX was also a PlayStation Station, 2 right. that was uh, hyped up with an, uh, a DVR built in. So I even that, that, you get dicey stuff. So. Okay, so, well, just the PlayStation. Gotcha. Uh, one of my cousins had got a PlayStation. He got Final Fantasy 7. Now, this was like 98. And then I played Final Fantasy again, and I, and like, I actually figured out what I needed to do because I was a little bit more older now. And I fell in love with the game. Same thing with eight for you. Right. I played the demo. You said you got it with Pizza Hut? No, no, Brave Fencer Musashi. Okay, you got it with Brave Fencer. For me, uh, my cousin, he used to get the PlayStation magazine right. that had the demos in it. So that's when I first played the Final Fantasy VIII demo. And I was just like, man, this game is way better than Final Fantasy VII. Right. And like I was telling you earlier over the phone, like I like the fact that you had three three people on screen at once running around and like Singh was saying about like how the graphics it's like you know you had like that kind of resident evil feel to yeah. that anime feel so and it, it felt it felt like what final fantasy 7 remember when you would go into battle and they became those characters in battle yeah like in final fantasy 8 they were those battle characters from final fantasy 7 throughout same the entire game. game yeah they you know? looked the same that it is similar to how we were talking about the transition in 10 from a cgi movie into what was actually Go in the game it was the almost game. the same yeah. it was the same way in battle versus your walking around graphic as exactly. a character in final fantasy 8 now for final fantasy 9 for me um they were one to one the same as well i i think i had went over to my friend's house and he had it and he had already beaten it and he asked me if i wanted to borrow it and then that was it for nine like i mean i was just like wow like this game is crazy it is a great game i mean me and sing would play it every morning before school and eat lunchables like we ate our lunchable lunch yeah while playing this game before we went to school and up until the very last minute to where like, okay, if we stay any longer, we're going to be late. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's how good, just because I'm not saying Final Fantasy Nine isn't my favorite doesn't mean that I don't rank it as a very high, high Final Fantasy game. Yeah, 100% It's definitely agree. top three. What about you, Sang? Um, Well, I was going to say, I was kind of the opposite of both of you guys. Um, the I I got the PlayStation pretty much when it came out um and i the way i got final fantasy 7 which was the first one that i played of the three was because my dad at the time uh even though he was in the navy he worked a second job at blockbuster and so we got free rentals of games because he was able to take home like three games a week or whatever right as long as we checked it back in and that meant i was able to play a ton of games that otherwise at the time in the 90s, my family wasn't going to be shelling out, you know, whatever it was, 40 bucks or whatever for a game every week. Um, so that was my way to test it. And I would just churn through a bunch of games. And um, I don't know exactly how or when or where it was pushed to me to play it. But Final Fantasy VII was not it wasn't strictly the first rpg that i played but it was the first memorable rpg that right. i played because of how different it was from all the other games i was playing at the time. Um so I played Final Fantasy VII first. I definitely liked it whenever it came out. I thought it was hot. Sh
you know, I thought it was just great through and through. Um, I didn't have the same experience as you guys did. I know it was hard, but I was kind of... That's what she said. I, I was kind of... <laughs> I was pretty nerdy for for yeah. what it was at the time. So to me, it was just... It was really... It was something to challenge me. Yeah. Um, whereas, the, you know, the only challenges I had aside from RPGs at that point were platformers, which really is just, it's more muscle memory than yeah. like learning. Yeah. Whereas a, a, an RPG, it's all about, like we said before, at least back then, there was no, other than buying the strategy guide, there was no way to just find out what it was. It was exploration. It was... Yeah, it's trial and error. It's trial and error. And, and not only that, but other games at the time were that's it that's what they were they were games final fantasy was like an interactive movie it was yeah. literally a story that unfolded at your pace with dialogue back and forth between characters that you could get immersed in and that's what really even as a little i was like you know 11 or whatever um and i was real hardcore into anime at that point it was basically like an anime as a video game and that just blew my mind yeah. um so i definitely got hooked on final fantasy 7 um i played it you know all the way through i talked about it with friends at school and whatever i got real into it and then by the time final fantasy 8 was coming out and all the advertisement was out um i was in the same boat like what we talked about before i couldn't possibly imagine what could they do to make the game better than final fantasy 7 right um but it's my favorite so obviously it blew my mind i mean i didn't think that they could and then i saw the graphics and i'm like you know all i kept remembering is like dude this guy's taking up my whole screen yeah you know what i mean he walks up into the foreground of whatever scene that i'm in and his head is at the top of my little you know 13 inch tube television and his feet are at the bottom like that alone blew my mind and it was the graphics were great i mean when you compare it to what we have now it's you know you can not, see it, it doesn't obviously. hold up but but i think time, i don't think people understand how groundbreaking those graphics are exactly if you go i guarantee you if i went on right now and i picked out the top five whatever they are video games of the playstation era up until 1999 whenever final fantasy 8 came out if i was to pick those games out and put them alongside like just screenshots of the game right you would be blown you'd be like what how is this even in the same era you know what i mean the detail that they had was just crazy so that alone and like you said the thing that sells any final fantasy for you is the intro if the intro to a final fantasy is garbage you're gonna have a hard time getting into it it's like it's like watching a new series and if the first couple of episodes are trash you might not ever even get to the end of the first season because you're gonna move on to something else and that was what cgi intro cutscenes were to Final Fantasy, when you had a really, really badass intro that made you get so high, like when um, when Squall grinds his gunblade against the ground with and blood dripping down his face, and you're and not sure if it actually cuts it, Cipher or not. Exactly, you're not sure. you don't know. Did it come closer? Did it cut him? Yeah, you don't and then know. All of a sudden, there's you know feathers going across the yeah. screen, and they switch and into Renoa, and then you know, just blowing the, a feather out. The and random all this other amount stuff, like, of uh, like memory stuff coming back. You know, they're yeah. hitting you with scenes one second per second, exactly. building up like, to that end, and then boom. It's like jump cut to a bunch Final of stuff, Fantasy and then Final Fantasy, and then this dude's like in the hospital yeah and like, like fight, okay yeah. it makes fight, sense now yeah and and that's that's really what they drew you in with it was like it's you know it's like a it's like a news article you only have a handful of characters a handful of words you can use to hook somebody in and then you get you then you lay it on thick and you give them eight paragraphs of what your story's right. about that was what the intro was it was the hook that got you into the game and as much as i loved final fantasy 7 i got 
you know, chills down my spine, you know, uh, goosebumps and whatever you want to call it. The I was shook as as the new terminology yeah. goes. When that intro was finished, I was like, what did I just witness? And the music, it was in, uh, what is it, Liberali Fatali? That music was, it, it was swells of of orchestral music and it's got and this latin you latin know gargantuan in the background. it was almost like a and... like a star wars music you right, know yeah. what i mean just very very intense and i'm like is this, this is a video game this is on my playstation this is what i'm witnessing and then even the foreshadowing in the intro to how important <laughs> the feather is you know when yeah, you actually get to the that. end of the game and exactly stuff like that like and and then it just it went from there like every every turn where i thought that the game couldn't keep me more interested it did it, it, it lays it on thick with a really hardcore CGI intro. It moves into, you know, this very high-end graphics that makes you very immersed. You've got these characters that are all very adult characters. Yeah. I mean, not to say that Final Fantasy VII wasn't, but Final Fantasy VII, everybody felt like they were in their mid-20s-ish. Yeah. It was very, very, like adult themed as far as oh yeah these were serious things this was war this is this I mean, person they, is they were cursing to... you know zell would be like what the hell yeah. i mean hell's yeah. not a curse word but you know yeah. when and you're 12 damn. hell's a curse word you yeah. say damn and stuff yeah. like that damn you suffer yeah, you know, like the... shaking and fury and stuff like yeah that. like they got so intense with how they portrayed these characters and and what what it was to pull a story that it, at this point in my life, the only thing that I could compare it to would have been the really hardcore animes, not the toyetic, you know, yeah, Pokemon yeah. and Digimon and stuff, but like, like the, the real gritty. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Really gritty anime. And uh, I mean, I would have at this point, I would have been like, you know, 12 or 13 or whatever. To me, this was like the highlight. I'm like, this is the culmination of everything that I want from an anime or what I thought was cool at the time as like a little otaku. This was what I thought was like, how did they possibly cram all this into four discs? Like, how did they make this yeah. happen in That's front of my eyeballs? Four disc. Yeah, uh, seven was three. Seven was three. Seven was three. And, and, nine, and then nine was four. Nine two. was four as well. Yeah. And it was just, there was so much that it just like every single corner that I turned, every, every little, like you said, the car, like, oh, I got to stop and get gas. Like mm -hmm. all these things that I didn't even think was possible to program into a game. And or didn't even think to do. Attention to yeah. detail. Yeah, become... these small things that they added in. And so it just compounded and compounded. And so to be honest, I was underwhelmed whenever Final Fantasy IX came out because to me, the difference between seven and, and eight, at least at the time, it was so immersive to me and it was so much of a different experience from everything I had before it that going to nine felt like more of the same, but in a high fantasy setting, it was still great. I still loved yeah. nine, but it wasn't like this eye opening experience. Well, like now that we're older, eight. we can go back and look. Okay, so they're developing them at the same time. Yeah. Nine isn't like eight's the step up from seven, but that's nine is not meant to be the step up from eight. Nine, no. nine was just another. Another Final Fantasy game that they're making at the same time. Like it's it's the same two level. different yeah. Final Fantasy games. It's two right. different takes. It's like it's, it's like a, it's like a series, of, but exactly. there's a different director for each. They were both around the same time. They were both developed in kind of the same way, same production teams. But the director and the direction that they took that movie varies from one to the other. But it doesn't necessarily make one movie worse than the other. It's just a different different feel. style. Yeah, it's a different style. You know, it, it's like whenever they have those anthologies where they have ten different directors all. In one movie and each of them takes a different scene or a different you know sub story within it and even though it all falls in the same universe it's a completely different experience yeah yeah i will say that uh one other thing that i didn't like about eight uh that i liked about seven and nine was and when seven came out 
I thought it was cool that you could change the characters' names. Like, did you guys turn, make, you know, give Cloud your name? No. I never I was did. never I've one always, to do that. I, I was always have. true to whatever the character's name I was. Changed, Even in Pokemon, I changed it was Ash. Name. I would never yeah. make Ash Travis or anything yeah, like that. I changed that. into my name. Yeah, that Ash. just wasn't but me eight, as a person. I did it in 8, too, but you could only do it to Squall and uh, Renoa. Is that, did I say it right? Renoa? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I did say it right. Um, but yeah, I thought you, you could do it to everybody. No, no you could only do it to them. Oh, the maybe Zell too. No, I think you couldn't could. do it to Zell. It was only. No, I think he's right. I think you could do it to everybody. No, you couldn't. I'm pretty sure you, you could. Can. Now that he has said, every time they introduce a character, be like, I am, no, and it go to the. You couldn't do it with the other characters. You could only do it with the two, and then the dog that Renoa had, and of course you could. Uh, Dog's name was Max. I don't remember the dog's name. No, he's right. It's a mixture. We're both right, but you can't do everybody, but you can do it to Squall, Renoa, uh, Angelo, which is Renoa's dog, right. and Angela. Griever, which is Squall's Max? ring. And Squall's you can do it to ring. all the Guardian forces. The Guardian right. So okay. whenever you're introduced to the Guardian force, they say, I am, and then you get to, you know, you uh, Quetzalcoatl yeah. or whatever, or Shiva is now whatever you want. But the action, but Zell and the others, you could not change their they names. Stayed, they stayed the same. And yeah. Then, but when 9 came out, 9 allowed you to change all of the characters' names, and then 10 was the last one to allow you to change uh, Titus's name to whatever you wanted it to be. But at the same time, in my personal opinion, like Travis said, I, I always wanted to stay true to the story. In my opinion, yeah, that's it's pretty like, much I want what the director intended for me to read and see so even in games subsequently i unless i go through like a second playthrough and i name my main character like penis or like like in the joke that they do in pokemon where you name weedle as penis you're not, and allowed, goes, you're not allowed to say penis it has to be dingling okay so like uh like whenever dingling. you like whenever you get weedle in pokemon and you name it dingling and then it's yes. like dingling uses hardened dingling yeah. uses hardened dingling right. uses string shot like that's funny yeah. so aside from goofy stuff like that <laughs> I, I won't go through and ever name a character something that the creator of the game didn't name it. I won't, I don't want to make myself that character. So to me, that's why me and Travis just now, we didn't even know. Like it's at first glance, we're like, wait, you, you couldn't rename it. Cause oh, trust me. It's I, all we did was hit start. So twice it started, and just keep going, you know trust I mean? me. Your boy knew because when I was, playing you, Final, you was trying. when, when yeah, I was you, playing Final Fantasy seven, was banks. yeah, <laughs> it won't know more cloud. It was, <laughs> it was Benjamin. It was like, it was a Benjamin. Yeah, man. Come on. Benjamin we got to destroy this reactor you, you know it even it even kind of you know upsets me like I, I wish that in the uh the advent children movie that they didn't have names so then that way but it's, it's like you I, could overdub kind of like, like Final Fantasy 10 he, he just like, mutes it in the middle and then he's like Benjamin Titus, and unmute and keep it going. Titus doesn't have a name you know it's just the boy or that guy you know what I'm saying and for and for a lot of people I'm sure that's true I'm sure that it's probably a 50-50 split of people that enjoy naming characters after whatever you know after themselves right, or man. a friend or whatever but there's equally as many people that they just name it what the characters were meant to be named I remember somebody named uh Cloud Trunks Oh, no. And named uh, Tifa Boma and all that. Oh, no. That brings me, too, to the fact that... I hope you're about to say what I think you're about to say. Well, no. Probably not. <laughs> I, I think, also, going back to 7, the, the Buster Blade is probably the most iconic sword in video games. Yeah, well, it, it's yeah. one of the most iconic... Even though the Gunblade is super the hot, most and I have weapon. it tattooed on me for life. Yeah. Because I'm a Gunblade guy. But... I'm willing to admit the Buster Blade is the most iconic sword in all of it's video the, game it, history. It is literally well, the caliber of video games. I would say like in all video game, what out of all of the video game weapons, the Buster Sword. I mean, like 
one of the reasons, I mean, I know we were talking about the three on that era, but Crisis Core, man, like when you find out the history of the Buster Sword. Well, Crisis Core is a great game, but once again, the it's so hack and slash and linear. Yeah, and not only that, but they're retreading old ground right. in yeah. a different way, mind you, but they are retreading old ground, and it's more of the retcon we were talking about where they're, they're adding and this different isn't things. Also, but, I mean, but hold on, try, hold on, hold on, try. And this but with Crisis to, Core... It's like, I don't feel like they retcon anything. No, no, no. But what I mean is I they're going we back talk- to like to yeah. splice in and add yeah. little and I, sections. I, I, I in know the we were talking about retcon. Like and that stuff story early. wasn't there when they made this game. Now we're trying to make it more. And than so what it while is. while it's cool at the time before Crisis Core came out, you didn't need that story to make the Buster Buster oh, yeah, Sword any cooler than it right. already was. But see, but that's what I mean. Like where I like I like stories that come out where it's like you know nothing is retcon and nothing's changed. Because like imagine you play Crisis Core and then you find out that uh that Sephiroth was Cloud's father now, or something. Yeah, yeah. Like, but yeah, but yeah. this is what I'm getting at when we're talking about the Crisis Core thing and something that I just and it's going to sound dumb, but I think and I think you'll agree with me on it. I think 7 had some of the coolest names for characters, you know. Oh yeah. Just the fact Cloud Strife, that's a bad name. I Bear mean, come Wallace. on, what a badass Barrett. But even Sephiroth. Vincent. Who Sephiroth. came up with that? That dude Sephiroth sounds Bro, like his, yeah, his, his, you know, you got you got Genesis Sephiroth and all that. that he's and then be a here priest. we come, <laughs> Zack. Zack. Bro. Yeah. Bro. Zack? That's you, what you're but you get me. But you go back to that game though, man. Sephiroth, like he had the the bad, the most badass villain music, the theme. Sephiroth. Music. Everything yeah. about Sephiroth and everything about his yeah. character and his backstory, which is why Seven is, is the most iconic yeah. Final Fantasy right. of all time. Yeah. Here's he the had thing. that long sword. Here's and Sephiroth thing. is it, the best villain in all of video game history. I wouldn't say in all of name video a, game history. Name a better. But I will say he's the best final, the best villain in Final Fantasy. Oh well, that's history. easy. That's but in video say. game history, there's not a lot of great Final Fantasy Bowser. villains. Bowser, Bowser, Dr. dude, okay, up there. Bowser I'm is in good. a legitimate threat, though. I'm talking, yeah, okay. Like if Bowser, here's, here's the end all. Here's the end all of anything. No, here's <laughs> the end all of anything. I don't, he is. I don't care what series. It's I don't anime, care what though. system not, you're on. Anime, it doesn't matter game. what anybody says. Anime first. Sephiroth had the ability to pull planets from the. F- sky i'm yeah. sorry to drop the f-bomb he had the ability to pull planets out of outer space and crush it into planet earth and do nine 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 damage to all the, of your characters now because just, you didn't defend the i'm, turn I'm glad that you just said he's nine. the Midori, uh the madara said, uchiha of final fantasy dude i'm glad you said nine 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 because just to let everybody that's listening know in america the sega dreamcast came out september 9th 1999. And Final Fantasy VIII came out September 9th, 1999. How, 999. How crazy is that? Yep. Now, um, to, to go back to what you were saying as far as, you know, the iconic villains and, like, what that really ties in to different games, I would say that where Final Fantasy VIII and Final Fantasy IX lose out to Final Fantasy VII is it is clear-cut whether or not you've played the game or you've just heard about it. The whole kind of gimmick behind what you're fighting for is Cloud and his ragtag group of whatever is trying to stop Sephiroth from destroying the planet. Like, you can boil... There's a ton of nuance, but you can boil the entire storyline down to big bad villain with superpowers (laughs) fighting against one guy and his group of rebels to save the planet, right? When you look at the same thing for Final Fantasy VIII, it isn't until, you know... 
a third you of the way through the game before you even know You don't know what's going on in the story until Ultimacia you really is. get to halfway you have to through get the second disc. It. And it's the same thing with Final Fantasy IX. In Final Fantasy IX, you know that the queen is kind of, you know, a jerk or yeah. whatever. She's bad. But, she's but you don't know the full then. scam. Yeah, you don't know the full scale of how she integrates into who really you're going to be fighting and what really is at stake until well into the game. And not only that, but you can't gain that from just somebody explaining the story. The story is for Final Fantasy VIII and Final Fantasy IX. The plus side is that they were they were very intricate and well-planned, but it's not something that can be wrapped up in just, you know, a f- few sentences. But you can pretty much wrap up Final and Fantasy VII. And that's why, go on YouTube right now, for anybody listening, go on YouTube right now and type up, like, Final Fantasy VIII or Final Fantasy IX wrap-up, and you will not find a video less than about 30 to 40 minutes where they wrap up the game, because you physically cannot summarize the game yeah. in less time. There's too much to it. Yeah. and 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 Whereas it, you really just wrapped up seven and two two sentences and it's eight be- and nine you can't do that and yeah. you can and it's easily digestible which is another reason why i think that final fantasy 7 aside from all the other stuff it had going for it right. had such a far reach is because with final fantasy 8 and final fantasy 9 you have to be into RPGs to like it. With Final yeah. Fantasy VII, you could be somebody that doesn't particularly it's care about RPGs. It's a children's show storyline. But yeah, it's it's literally, there's a few MacGuffins, and they've got to go do whatever to get to the point where they can fight the big baddie. But at the end of it, it's literally good guy versus evil and saving the planet. It's that straight up. Whereas, you know, eight, you've got Ultimecia, and you're fighting against a time witch who can go through different planes of existence. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's And, a col- and they throw curveballs at you. Ex- and nine exactly nine, yeah nine because what you could you thought kuja was the main was villain. the main villain yeah. well first you thought it, the main villain was the queen yeah bro but she was being manipulated by kuja and yeah. then when you think kuja is the main villain then you find out that there's somebody that's even more powerful than kuja that was manipulating him exactly so, and so there's no clear-cut way to summarize those and i think it was more palatable for a generation that had a short attention span and didn't necessarily yeah. have a huge following up because let's face it they call them jrpgs for a reason right, this was yes. something that japan did and we took from it and we said this is really freaking cool and we want to get in on this yeah. and so they ported some of them over and and it was brought to a broader audience um and it w- obviously we had rpgs before then but it really hit home with seven and not only that but even though the storyline had a lot of moving parts it was still easily compactable and easily digestible to people at our age that didn't have the greatest attention spans or didn't really get hardcore into it and then it was kind of perfect timing for us three where our favorites aren't seven it's eight and nine respectively is we already got a taste we already learned what final fantasy was and what could be done in an rpg and whatever and we had the ability to sit down and really appreciate what those games are and so whether it was the storyline or the graphics or the battle system or some mash of all of them together final fantasy 8 and 9 hit home because we knew what we were expecting and then they still blew all of that out of the water and made it even better for what we could have expected at that point in our lives as gamers cool cool there we go well, i want to go ahead and wrap this up because this has been a very interesting discussion on the, game, the PlayStation the game, era. The games that made us, pretty much. <laughs> but before I wrap this up, I want to ask both of you a question. Four players on the field, the final boss battle, choosing characters from seven, eight, and nine. Who would you have in this battle to fight the ultimate villain? Is is it just indiscriminate ultimate villain, or is it a specific villain? Uh, Sephiroth, Ultimecia, and... Well, it's got to be Sephiroth Kuja. if we're talking about... They, nah, hold on, Rondell. They all fuse together. 
Oh, God. Okay, so this is it's, their final form. Yeah, this is their yeah. final form. <laughs> and so you can choose. That sounds unbeatable, though. Oh, yeah. Well, hey, is... look, we thought, but Sephir- let's just say... we thought Sephiroth was unbeatable, and hey, he was he... beatable. But yeah, just choosing. You can choose characters from 7, 8, and 9 that were in the parties. What will your team be to defeat the oh, Hold on, let me one? just add one more thing on that to kind of make it fair. So no main characters. Okay, that's so Cloud's out the window. Zidane. Squall's out the window. Oh, you mean like the main character of each of the three Yeah, games. just okay. to eliminate us. Some bias. Everybody picking those three and, and then, then throwing guy. in one. Yeah. Well, you know what? Let's take that away. You can choose one of the main. Okay, one, okay one only main one main. Because you, got, you okay. got four slots. You could choose one main one character. Main. Okay. Yeah. okay. Let's go with you, saying. Who would it be? Um, Squall, obviously. Right. Okay. Top of the list. Um, you know... Um, I would say probably Vivi, um, just because, I mean, when you look at his storyline and what he comes from and what he is, I, I, he's raw untapped potential. Yeah. I mean, he's, that's, he's literally the embodiment prototype of the most pure form of power that the universe has For and real. everything that magic yeah. is embodied in a being, in, yeah. a, in a, a human like being. He, so Vivi's got to be in there. I agree with you. He was always in my party in the game. Yeah. yeah I There's, I mean, he, he never left rotation unless it was literally in a part of the game where you couldn't have yeah, him. Yeah, where in you your couldn't party. use him. Yeah. So, yeah. So him, hands down. Um, if we're if we're talking in in general terms of all the games, um, even short lived ones, I would say uh, Cypher. No, 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 not all the games. But... No, I'm talking about yeah, uh, the yeah, Final yeah, Fantasy yeah. Seven, Eight, yeah, Nine. Yeah. I'm talking about out of all of them, even if we're talking about characters that weren't necessarily like they weren't long term. You could Cypher only play Cipher for, for that for little, little bit, bit of the game. But yeah. I would definitely include him because say what you will about him and his methods. Oh and no, he might have been kind of sweet. like out there but i mean he was he was a badass as yeah. far as what he did and he was a hell of a swordsman he was a hell of a swordsman yeah. and, and he had a, need a little bit of crazy in my opinion in there he's the type of person who's as long as he's on your side let crazy be crazy right. and yeah, let yeah, him yeah, fight yeah, on yeah. your behalf uh so definitely cypher so we've got squall we've got cypher uh we've got vivi and then i would have to include somebody from final fantasy 7 because i can't just leave it out um i would have to say oh that's a tough one there are so many good characters from Final Fantasy VII that you could use. Um, God, that's rough. Um, Zach's included in this as well. That's what I was going to say, because it's a character that you have, even if short-lived. Um, but no, I would I would probably say Eris. Um, and the reason I say that is a couple of reasons. One, you got to have a healer. Right. You, yeah, and, exactly. and, and Vivi's got black magic. And the other two guys are, uh, they could technically use any magic, but if we're going storyline wise, they're basically both summoners with swords. That's right. what Squall and Cypher are. But um, you, you've got to have, you've got to have healing. You've got to have a healer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that considering what she is and how she's relevant to the storyline of the ancients and everything else, right. she's basically the yin to Vivi's yang as far as the embodiment of everything that the universe and the life stream is. Yeah. She's got that in the bag. So yeah. So I would say she would be my healer. I'd have two, two melee and then a, a black mage. And I, I can't think of a, a more iconic uh, quadruplet, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, it's not an iconic duo, but that's so definitely good. for me. And it sucks because you pretty much took three out of the four that I wanted. And now I, I mean, you can still, use I feel them. pressured to no, Cause that's lame. I feel pressured to change something. Well, I mean, you could keep what what I have, yeah, but tell me that, why man. it means it to you. Yeah, because you explain reasons. it. Well, so okay, so for the main character, you know, 
Final Fantasy VIII being my favorite, how can I not pick Squall? Yeah. Like how how can I not pick Squall after fighting for him? I legitimately have his weapon tattooed on my leg. I like w- this is how important that game is to me as a person. And like you know, me and my ex-wife, we were going to name our son Leon Hart because Squall means that much to me. So I can't go against them. I would also say nobody has ever said so much by using three dots. <laughs> <laughs> so and he, probably the most badass jacket in oh, yeah. all oh, of yeah. time. Badass yeah. jacket, badass weapon. And it's a woman's jacket. It's cut <laughs> here. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Bro, it's a woman's hey, jacket. But, hey, but think about it. Let me tell <laughs> you. Think of- Think about With it. Though. He has flowers and yeah. mink on the He's got the, the baby rock. rock. He's uh, also walking around 90% of the game in, in normal green summer weather in a jacket that would swelter any other man. <laughs> and he's able to just rock Bro, it with full fur. Think about it, man. It's just like whoever who, whoever designed Squall, their favorite character had to be Trunks from Dragon Ball. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure it was I, Yoshinori so Squall, Katase, but Vivi. Vivi, because course. I mean, dude, like you just said, you need black magic. Not even just that, man. He's so badass. I mean, so badass. Um, I'll switch it up a little bit by going with Barrett, only because for me, is Barrett like that strong of a dude and all that stuff? Like when you take everything into consideration, no, not really. But he's a hell of a cool guy, and he's dependable. Like he literally, his he's le- a hell his of a friend that pulled everybody in avalanche together his limits are pretty badass too and so what did i say squall squall barrett barrett vivi and then for my fourth and once again it's i hope it's not who i think same with barrett because i like his tenacity as zell Yes, I was so even though he doesn't actually use any weapons he you know he fights with his fists i really respect that and he even cypher would talk down to him Squall would let him, not Zell. Yeah, Zell be like, "Say it to me again. See what happens." And they would have to pull him back. Yeah, and it's, even yeah. though Cipher would laugh at him, I think Cipher respected him. Yeah, for you know, for not up, letting him not talk letting him down it. to him like he was. He called him a puppy dog. He also called him a chicken wuss. Yes, which he he despised. Dude, he hate when he called him a chicken he's wuss. Like, he's so shaking. those are my four. And and I'd like to add at least with Zell. Um, is that as far as like when he got into fights or what have you, he's kind of in, and we're going off on the tangent of Dragon Ball Z again. He's kind of like the Krillin of the group. Everybody else has powers. Everybody else has something that they like they do and is their native ability. And this dude's fighting with his fist against people with magic powers and swords and guns. And he's walking up to you with brass knuckles and punching your face. And what makes Krillin so cool in Dragon Ball Z is that he's bald. No, that he's a human. He's human. He's not a. He's not supposed to be that strong. He's not supposed to. So people can crap on him all they want, but he shouldn't even be fighting these. And not only that, but people just like with Zell and also with Krillin, they underestimate him because he's just a human, or because he's not the one with the big bad sword, or he's not the leader of Seed or whatever. And then you've got Zell coming in, and he's like holding his own amongst these titans of what it means to be a fighter, just like Tifa, man. That's why I always liked her because I agree. They're, they're, both, they're I, well, both pretty much going the same. with that. Who's your team? All right, hold on. Let me crack my knuckles. There we go. I thought right, you said so, let me so crack. My, so my t- so my team, of course, if the main character is going to be Cloud, um, it was just hold some- on. Of course, that actually threw me through. A- 
I thought it was going to be Zidane. Zidane. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. It's like, I do like Zidane, but we're talking, like, Zidane and Cloud, like, we're just, you know, picking. Well, Cloud Strife is still. Yeah. If if they were to fight each other, we know who'd win. Right. Let's put it that way. Of course, Zidane would. But um, am I right? I was going to say, well, uh, it depends on which one, at what era because did you they gotta, fight. Because you got to think, think that Zidane can go into that Super Saiyan mode, man. He can go into Super Saiyan mode, but by the same token, Cloud also has some serious Mako energy infused into him. Not, as and not only that, Cloud is the better fighter, though. That's what I meant. So, he has but Mako that's, energy that's on why, It's like being supercharged with adrenaline all the that's time. That's why I wanted to have him in this battle. Right, so Cloud, I mean, Cloud. Like, his moveset is dope. That Omni Slash. I mean, he's a good fighter, so he would be one. Um, Vivi, of course, because we need somebody with black magic. Even though Cloud can use magic. Yeah, like, but it's not yeah, it's not. So we're same. all in agreement that out yeah, of 7, 8, and 9... Vivi is... Vivi is a powerhouse. Yeah. yeah. He's a must-have. He's a he's an instant pick. Instant in any lock. Final Fantasy game. Oh yeah, it doesn't matter what game it is. Vivi is an instant lock in my opinion. Yeah. Another another person that I would have, and I'm surprised that you guys didn't say this, was Beatrix from Final Fantasy Nine. I agree. Because she She's was good. very powerful. Like when you when you fought her the first time. And it's just like, man, it's like, yo, she's badass. And then, like, later on in the game, when they let you have her on your team, and it's like, I tried to use all of her moves to see, like, how strong they were. But it's like, her moves are so strong. It's like, they just used to take the enemies out like that. So I couldn't see everything that she could do. But she would be one. And then the last person would be Garnet, just because of, you know, her summoning abilities and white mage right you know what i'm saying so those are my four characters who i would use i'd like to add one more thing because you made me think of it i'd like to i'd like to change my answer it oh. wasn't my final answer you uh, take it out cypher uh no uh. no i want to take out eris and, oh. and i, I want to put in freya because she's still from final, fit, fantasy. From final fantasy 9 Freya. Oh, the, ra- the rat um, the, the with rat. the red yeah. trench coat. She's, and she's, she's a red mage, too. which means she yeah. can do black and white magic. And she was fighting for That's her right. people. Yep. So she has the similar kind of aspect as though what Eris had. But Freya is secretly a beast for similar she reasons is. to Beatrix. She, she, is. she she's She is secretly... Like, once she hit my party in 9, she basically didn't leave until she had to. Yeah, for me in 9, it, it was always Zidane, Vivi steiner and it was either freya garnet or um i forgot what the guy's name Amarant or what have you the guy that had the red uh dreads yeah, uh i i always forget his name I too i think it's amarant um amarant yeah because it's like you fight him at first and he he ends up joining you amarant yeah amarant. i had it right amarant yeah, so, amarant uh coral is his name yeah so that that was always my group whenever i played the game but yeah thanks for answering my question guys those are some good choices but i think mine was the best <laughs> of course you do. Yeah, because this is leveling up with Benjamin Banks, not leveling up with Travis. So, okay. Same. <laughs> just want to say thanks for coming aboard, man. Yeah, it's it was awesome. You know, thanks like, for leveling up with I, us. You know, I, I will say that you know Travis, he doesn't make a lot of good decisions, but this was a real good one bringing you on, man. <laughs> and uh, you know, before we let you go, tell everybody in social media land where they can find you at. Uh, you can find me on Twitch on twitch.tv slash Sangfate. Uh, you can find me on uh, Twitter under the same handle, and you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash TV. Cool, cool, cool. You on Instagram? Nah, I'm not on the gram yet, but we'll get there. All right, cool. Well, thank you again for joining us, Trav. You have anything that you want to say? Any nah, last man, words? Just, I want, uh, thank you for coming on. And uh, 
And it's been three hours. So. Yeah. <laughs> we sat here a long time spitballing about Final Fantasy, and, and time flew by. You, you could you could have given me an easier topic, but uh, you know. But I mean, it's it like it's it like is. I said, you know, Trav. You know, this was a good decision, but you know, Trav. Well, and I know Trav that great ideas. I know that the next time you know we all get together, we're talking about that PlayStation Two error. Oh, it's got to happen. Final gonna, Fantasy. We're gonna make sure that we keep it under thirty minutes, guys. No, no, that ain't gonna happen. You put it's Final, not possible. not with Final Fantasy. Yeah. It, look, if it, if if other games are one disc and Final Fantasy uh, seven, eight, and nine were three and four respectively, then that's the equivalent of this podcast to other podcasts. Yes. there's just too much. To All right, y'all. This is your boy Trav. Just want to thank y'all for tuning in. I know this week was a little lengthy, but we're talking Final Fantasy 7, 8, and 9. It's hard to condense all that down in uh, an hour and a half, so we appreciate you tuning in and listening. Banks is up in outer space right now, wrestling. So, you got your boy here. I'm going to wrap this up. I'm going to make it real quick. Thank you for checking out Leveling Up. You can find us on Facebook at Leveling Up Banks, Twitter, Instagram, Leveling Up Banks. Make sure you give us a follow. Make sure you hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, anything you listen to podcast on. Make sure you give us a subscribe and a rating. And thank you guys for all the support. And we're going to see you next week. Peace. Show.